0: Thank you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cinephile Roundtable brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, JC. What's going on, bud?
1: i much excited for this discussion.
0: And Elliot, how you doing today?
2: Doing good, man. Excited to break down this uh, discussion as well. It should be a lot of hot takes out of that.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then joining us this week for the Roundtable is our Real Chronicles co-host, Ryan. What's going on, bud? What's happening, everybody? Can't wait. Oh yeah, we're definitely going to dive into it Have some hot takes, Ryan's going to defend Suicide Squad All that good <laughs> stuff It's going to be a great time uh, Before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week uh, I just want to touch on two things And then we could just jump right in uh, This is more for Ryan, And I th- I think JC is a little bit into this Not co- correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong But CW has renewed all 12 of their series So Ryan, I know you're excited Batwoman is coming back for season 3 <laughs>
3: I I haven't even caught up on season two yet, so yay. Uh, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> Elliot, you have you caught any of the CWDC shows or n- not really? Yeah, man, back in the day, Arrow, Flash, Legends yeah. of Tomorrow, that used to be my my jam, man. But after,
2: you know, twenty five episodes yep. seasons, you know, eight <laughs> seasons later, it's just like it becomes homework, man. And yeah. and to be honest, it felt so repetitive and felt like they were just retracing the same storylines and Long story short, it's been about three years since I watched the CW show and and none of the new shows from Batwoman to uh, I am a little intrigued about.
1: Uh man lois
2: lane uh, star well star girl I heard, yeah i've heard some good things about that but honestly man with as much tv as i watch i i just haven't been pulled into the cw in a while man it's gonna take something like batman coming on the cw and being like i don't know <laughs> robert pattinson making an appearance on yeah. Batwoman to get me back in the universe it's, it's gonna take a lot yeah
0: I'm on, I'm on the same boat uh i i mean we did sir yeah go ahead ryan go ahead we did get ezra miller on flash
2: I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra Miller on Flash. <laughs> that, that cameo did not do much for me. I mean, yes, it opened the door for obviously what we're going to get with his film. But I was just like, oh, that that's cool. But I'm like three seasons behind Flash. So but no,
0: that's, that's a good point, though. Maybe we'll see more of the uh, the TV and the movies crossover in the next few years. For sure. And JC, you, you're not really. T- are you are you big on any of this stuff?
1: Um, the only one that I still watch occasionally is is really The Flash. But I gave up on Arrow like season four. I never bothered with Bad Woman because Ruby Rose, and it's just like it's like for me to get into the second season, I have to watch the first season, and it's just it's not even worth it. Like the only one that that I keep up with is really The Flash. I mean, I do want to check out Star Girl.
0: Stargirl is good. Stargirl is solid. Um, I think it's solid because it started on uh, the DC Universe, which is no longer an app. But uh, it's solid stuff. And
1: oh, it's completely shut up? already shut yeah, up? Yeah, so
0: it's funny because I actually found out the hard way. I was actually logging into the DC app like <laughs> about a week ago. And I click into it, and it says this this net, uh, this app is no longer supporting DC content. And I'm like, oh!
1: That's crazy. I'm
0: glad I'm not. I'm. I guess I got to check if I'm being charged for this. But um, what they ended up doing was switching over to DC Infinity. So what the app is now, it's only holding comics. So if you want all your digital DC comics, you can actually get it on that app. You're still paying the 7.99 a month, but you're not. Uh, there's no media content. It's just comics and that's it all the dc uh universe content is now on hbo max but w- the only issue with that is that you don't have everything so uh i said I mean, this... we are
1: getting static shock on next week so it's like they're slowly they don't have everything that
0: they had on dc University. oh no no, no. I'm, I'm talking about like the older stuff so for example um my my wife and i are very very big on lois and clark the adventures of superman and uh we were going to re-watch of
1: course it you
0: are. oh yeah it's, it's fun stuff man <laughs> uh we're we're actually going to rewatch it but unfortunately it's not on hbo max so that's kind of like a gift and a curse you got you got everything dc on hbo max now but you're kind of you're still losing some of the older stuff but yeah all tw- CD ne- CW never cancels anything, so expect uh, the Flash to be around for another twenty five years, like Supernatural. Uh, yeah, I mean, more it's legends.
1: Season, season eight, right?
0: What happened? The
1: the new season is gonna be season seven or season eight? Of the I think Flash? we're on. Season I've eight. lost count.
0: I, yeah, I believe it's season eight. Yeah, we're on season eight.
1: Shit. And more legends.
3: I'm so excited for that.
1: Oh yeah, and, and the Cisco.
0: The Cisco.
3: Oh, yeah, Ramon. He's. I think he's gone still.
1: I saw the clip for the first time of like when they had a whole battle with, with the thong song playing and Cisco was performing. I was like, what the fuck is this? How yeah. the fuck is this the first time i this?
0: Yeah. Uh but yeah, that that's the CW news. Now I, I just wanna dive right into this. Um so th- do you guys wanna start with Golden Globes? <laughs> yeah,
1: what came out first.
0: Yeah, let's do let's do that first. Um I was gonna Pass on the TV side, but Elliot, you're, you're a TV guru. So I want to ask from the nominations, did anything surprise you? Did you think anything was missing from the TV noms at the Globes?
1: Um,
2: I guess with the, uh, Zendaya and uh, Cole uh, Coleman D'Amico, I guess that wasn't considered a TV because that was like a special for
1: Euphoria. Yeah, like the Emmys would probably because the Emmys do um, individual episodes, so they could probably get in on um, for the Emmys. But the Golden Globe, if you don't have like a full season, they don't, they won't uh, nominate you. Gotcha,
2: gotcha, gotcha. I mean, yeah, looking at the the, the drama series, I mean. Two years in a row for The Mandalorian, which, I mean, not to d- divert the conversation to uh, WandaVision, but I'll be really intrigued to see if WandaVision gets a nomination with The Mandalorian uh, two years going. But Ratchet
0: really kind of yeah. surprised <laughs> yep. me, if I'm being honest. I uh,
2: <laughs> Look, if you all do not know, I love me some Sarah Paulson, but Ryan Murphy is hot, or hit or miss for me and some of his stuff. Like that show in particular like, was not – what I was expecting from that show for the better and for the worse, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with season two, but that that's probably the biggest like surprise for me that ratchet got nominated. <laughs>
0: and I'm, a, I'm over, on the,
2: especially over, uh, the, um,
0: the queen's gambit for best television series
2: drama. I'm surprised that it didn't get that slot, but yeah,
0: I think queen's gambit it, got uh, no, limited, yeah, it's a limited it's series a, it's a,
1: it's a mini-series category. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's true. That's true. That's right. That's
0: I ratchet. do want to ask, cause I'm on, I'm in exactly on the same boat as you Elliot, with, uh, with Ryan Murphy. Did you like Hollywood? I did not. Okay. I did not like Hollywood uh,
2: for for many reasons. I enjoyed the sentiment of what was going on, but I just felt like the um, too many convenient uh, kind of fairy tale moments yeah. happening. that just didn't feel ar- ar-
0: authentic to
3: the characters and to the story going on during that time period. But yeah.
2: Yeah. For me, I'm going to gonna go s- back.
0: Go ahead, Ryan.
3: Go ahead. To go back to something that was just said, is WandaVision kind of a. Award player, I don't see it as one, but I could. I mean, have the, have I, M- I think, yeah,
0: I think it is because I would have never said the Mandalorian was, and it's it hit the <laughs> <Exactly>. Emmys, <laughs> yeah. and, and now That's it hit dope. the Globes. <laughs> I, I, and the way Wandavision's going, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. I, I absolutely think it, okay, it will, it, it will be when Emmy Emmy season comes. I don't think it qualifies this year because it's still in the run. So yeah. well, so I'll start off with foreign language film. Um, the only ones I really want to talk about is Minari and another round. JC, I know, I know. <laughs> J- JC, who you said another round's gonna win this? I think Minari's gonna win this.
1: I feel like the fact that they didn't nominate Minari in so many other categories—I I mean, I don't, I don't know how high they are on it. And remember, like the Hollywood Foreign Press, they, they, they tend to go a lot for like, like legit, like foreign stuff. So I feel like another round could win.
0: Yep. Um, the only other uh, original song—I'm I'm just gonna skip for now. Uh. Animated feature, it's pretty much Soul and everything else. I don't think anyone mm. thinks any anything else is gonna win. Original score, so um, I'm a Elliot. Like uh, JC knows this, and I think Ryan knows this. I'm I treat the Oscar season like sports. Like I'm a huge mm. stack geek, so I'm like into all the analytics and stuff. So original score, so you saw Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are in there twice. So this is actually the first time in history that a composer has received two nominations. Uh, for the, for original score. They usually just do one, and then they just branch out in other other areas. So this is actually mm-hmm. the first time it's ever happened, so good for Trent, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Supporting actor. Um, <coughs> The elephant in the room. Uh, JC, I, may, I know up. you're happy. I know you're happy. Big giant <laughs> little fan.
1: Well, I'm not, I like the me, but I, I wouldn't have necessarily been like, oh yeah, should have should have been nominated.
0: Oh man, <clears throat> I, Elliot, thoughts on Jared Leto? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I said it, it
2: when I reviewed the film. I appreciated was what Jared Leto's doing. I, I mean, look, he he definitely is a method actor with the prosthetics, the nose, the jokes, the look. Well, whenever he was on screen with denzel i felt like the the character was elevated but whenever he was on screen with rami malik i felt like it kind of was just like a uh, two on and like literally on the nose of being like i'm a villain let me be you know a kevin spacey ish uh john doe type of character i just, I, I didn't i don't think it was worth uh, a nomination i'll just say that yeah
0: i i was thinking that it was just a globe thing and then what happens the next day yeah uh but yeah i i'm gonna be watching this tomorrow uh Elliot, you did get a chance to see it. Like, for me, it's Danny Kaluuya and everyone else. You saw the movie already. Do you agree with that? 1,000%. Okay, great. I I guess we'll talk about it more when when all of us have seen the movie. Uh, Supporting actress, uh, JC. I know Elliot was happy with this one. Uh, Glenn Close, (laughs) Hillbilly (laughs) Elegy. Um, JC, thoughts?
1: Hold um, on, what were the what were the five nominees
0: again? So for supporting actress, Glenn Close, Jodie Fa- Jody Foster, Amanda Seyfried, uh, Helena Zengel, and Olivia
1: Colman. Well, me, yeah, I, I wasn't too big on News of the World, but I am happy for Helena. I think she, I actually, she, thought was, she great. was way better than Tom Hanks in it. She was literally, she literally, she basically that that, that nomination, like the whole performance, reminds me of um, Haley Steinfeld in True Grit. Remember, it was like that was like oh, a breakout yeah. movie. You just, you know, she remember that movie had Brolin. Damon and Bridges, and she just like sh- that's who everybody was really talking about. But I feel like that that's probably all down, and it's going to be down to Amanda, and Maria, or unless they do love Jodie Foster, she has like three Golden Globes, so I could see her surprising and winning. But I I think it's going to be between Amanda and Maria.
0: I I disagree. Uh, Elliot, will like this one. Um, <laughs> Glenn Close. I, yeah, I think I think she already
1: has like a bunch of a bunch of Golden yeah, Globes. Yeah, but like, I, th- gonna... I think this
0: is going to start her train. And, and I'm terrified to say that, but I, I, th- I think it's going to start, I think it's going to start her train. Uh, Elliot, you're a big fan of the film, so you are happy with the Glenn Close nom.
2: Yeah, man, I really thought she, uh, her, and I mean, we'll talk about Amy Adams, but yeah, yeah I, I thought that she, uh, she brought it, man. She was kind of she carried the second half of the film because it kind of focused more on the uh, JD and, and her relationship. And I think so. I, I'll be, I'll be a little bit honest. It's a little bit of biasy because that that story is me. My, my grandmother raised me, and just gotcha. the kind of relationship that they had kind of kind of spoke to me. Uh, and plus, I thought the performance was pretty solid. So yeah, man, uh, Glenn Close for the dub.
0: Nice, uh, Ryan. You haven't seen any of these, right? I have, so okay. horror, right? well, I have not yeah. Seen any of these. <laughs> All right, cool. So, moving on to to uh best performance by an actor in a musical or comedy. I I I predicted him because I just knew it's a glow thing to do, James Corden in The Prom. Um yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs>
1: anyway,
0: I, I, I think know. uh I think when I posted my my predictions, I think JC re- reached out. He's like, "Oh, you have Corden in the prom I'm like, "It's it's the Globes, man." What I didn't so, like, ex- I had it. <laughs> what I didn't expect is for Corden to be the one only one in. <laughs> That's the yeah, one like, thing that I was, was
1: didn't get in. I was like, "Yeah, he's not getting in." Yep.
0: Um, Elliot, tell us how you really feel about <laughs> about James Corden. <laughs> Uh, hey man uh, that that film
2: to me had a lot of potential there were mm-hmm. some good moments obviously it has a good sentiment in the, in the film but
1: uh,
2: uh <laughs> james gordon man i i don't i don't get the hype on the guy uh, i haven't really i've never really watched his show to be honest with you so i really haven't gotten the most exposure to him but um, you know going from cats to this uh apparently Hollywood loves the guy man yeah. so uh i guess shout out to his agent
0: I will say this uh i'm happy for Andy Samberg for Palm Springs cuz i love Palm Springs yeah. uh yeah. i will say they got the wrong Hamilton guy in but i understand why they did it because they Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, they want i think they just want to honor Lin. But that's kind of the only reason i think he's in over over Leslie and Leslie was a double nominee anyway so he been triple. Yeah, he would have been triple. Uh but i do think um sacha wins this in a walk oh hell yeah Yeah. and then best supported best performance by an actress in a music or comedy um <laughs> here we go so i got two right here the in my predictions the rest i, I have to. The shit that fucked me. Up. yeah so roseman pike i care a lot i haven't seen it i put out a an email to netflix to see if i can get get a screener to it uh haven't not seen that Anya Taylor-Joy for Emma. I actually have not seen that, but I heard she's really solid in it. Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit. Maria Bakalova for Borat, and then The the Elephant in the Room, which I actually think it's actually a worse nomination than Jared Leto is uh, Kate Hudson for music. So, I actually started this movie a few hours ago, guys. Oh, you did? Yes, and I got 25 minutes in and I turned it off.
1: Why, because it's bad or because it was just offensive? It's just a little
0: bit too offensive. It's, um... I'm not gonna say the line, but you guys have seen Tropic Thunder, mm. yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. line from the movie, oh, yeah, yeah, for... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna say it, but it's one of those situ- no, but we, we know. yeah, it's 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 s- very offensive. So she's on yeah, very offensive. Um, maybe you guys will think oh, differently okay. when you guys watch it. I I'm mean, gonna I have an
1: autistic cousin, so if it's offensive, I might feel some type of way too. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm gonna and I, I'm gonna finish it. I just i was kind of i was very turned off by it so when you guys check it out definitely let me know and then to uh i think the best category of the day would probably be best performance by an act uh by an actress or actually no both actress and actor are solid so we had chadwick boseman gary oldman riz ahmed anthony hopkins and the, sh- the shock was tahar rahim for the ma- uh, mauritanian and then best performance by an actress in a in a drama Viola Davis Francis McDormand Carrie Mulligan Andrea Day was a shock and Vanessa Kirby Carrie Mulligan wins this right
1: oh yeah the fact that they nominated um prophecy young woman for four for four both like including that director and picture like they're very hot on that movie and since they're awarded it with so many nominations I feel like the the best chance it has to win his best, best actress.
0: Yeah. Um, Elliot, you did, you said you wanted to give it another shot. Did, have you given it another shot since our last conversation? For, for what? Which one? Uh, Promising Young Woman. Oh, you know, I love that film.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, the only thing I was given another, not necessarily another shot, but just kind of, um, uh, Seeing that the ending set better with me uh, a second going, which has been three times now that I've seen the film. And i am definitely come around yes. to the ending. But no, but even with the my, the my feelings on the official watch of the ending, I gave that film like a 4.8 or oh, something. It was okay, really great. high on my list. It made my top three last year or top five last year. So, yeah.
0: Fantastic. And then finishing up Best Picture Drama, uh Charlie Chicago 7, Nomadland, Man Promising Your Woman the Father, and then Comedy Music. Bora, Bora Hamilton, Palm Springs in the prom. Didn't want to shout out the girls for doing the right thing and getting three women in director. First time it's ever happened. I actually think this uh this can correlate to Oscar. JC, you disagree, right?
1: Don't think we get three, but I feel we we could get two. I just think it's gonna Chloe's a lot for sure. Cause she might even win it. But it just depends. Like with regarding Regina and Emerald, it just really depends. Like whichever film the globe likes I mean the Academy likes more, that's the one that's gonna get it in the field.
0: Okay, I, f- I feel you. Uh, I, Ellie, have you got a chance to see Nomadlandia? I,
2: I haven't. I've had it for like a week or so. I just haven't came around to watching it. And it's been on my list for a while to watch. I just got to find a time to check it out. But I'm really excited to check it out, though.
0: All right, awesome. And then uh, Sag. So, oh, yeah. Thoughts on the Five Bloods? Was that your biggest snub getting shut out the entire day?
1: On the Globes? Hell yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. remember we all thought that that was pretty much a lock. Like after, Mm -hmm. to me, after Chadwick and and Ma that's my favorite leading performance of the year, like male.
0: Yep. And uh, I did want to throw some fact out. So we're going to get into SAG now. So Delroy missed SAG as well. So in the history of the Academy Awards, only 29 actors, actresses have missed Globes and SAG and actually received an Oscar nomination. So that's 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 a tough one.
1: I mean, like, we like we spoke, like, I think the mistake they did was putting putting him lead. They should have just done the same thing they did with Chicago 7, where everybody was considered a supporting actor. He he would have been in, I think. Wait. If Jared Leto could get into supporting actor, Deborah would have got in if he would have been considered a supporting actor instead of a lead.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, and, Elliot, we never talked about this. Like, JC and I have, since June when the movie came out, we think he should have gone supporting because I think I think it's an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. So, so I think if he went supporting, he may not have beat Kaluya, but I think he would have definitely been in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, definitely. I mean, in my opinion, I thought that he was, you know, the lead of the film. He got the most, you know, through line with him and his son relationship and him and uh, relationship with Chadwick Bozeman and all that stuff. But, yeah, it probably would have gave him a better shot of getting nominated for yeah. supporting for
0: sure. And then the other fact that I want to throw out there. So. JC and I have been talking back and forth about the Jared Little thing because he did get into SAG. Do you think he gets the Oscar? Elliot, just think just if you had to predict right now. If Jared Leto's gonna win, uh supporting no, no, Oscar if he gets Oscar. if he gets nominated.
2: Uh, I mean if if uh if if what we're seeing now is an indication, I mean I, I would it wouldn't surprise me, I'll say that. And JC, you
1: said no, right? Yeah, no, I'm the same way as Ellie. Like, if it happens, it would have surprised me. But I just don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. But if it does, I'll be like, hey, he's he's he didn't get short. He got he didn't get shortlisted for the BAFTA. But like you know, like after me, like we were comparing. It was like similar to Aaron Teddy Johnson with um with um Nocturnal Animals. Like I could like it's a it's a performance that gets a couple nominations. Like. Oh shit! Like oh, he's getting nominated, but I don't. I don't think he gets like the, the Oscar nomination. If he does, like I want to shock me,
0: but I don't think he. Yeah, and it's funny. I did a little bit of number number crunching before the podcast. So there have been uh since in the ninety two years of the Oscars, there has been one thousand eight hundred and forty acting nominations between men and women in the four categories in the ninety two years. There has only been forty one times that a, and a performance got both. Globe and SAG and then not get an Oscar nomination. So that's about like 2%. So we'll be interested in what happens there.
1: His reaction was, I don't know if you got to see it, um, Dave, but his reaction when when they asked him how did he feel, he even said it showed up. I didn't even know the nominations were coming out of
0: it. <laughs> yeah, he probably had no idea. He didn't expect yeah, any of that. Like,
1: just like the, with, the way the, with the way the reviews were, you know, like he probably didn't even think much of it.
0: Yeah, um, and then just to the sag going over the sag should be quick. Supporting actress uh, Maria Bakalova, going close Olivia Colman, Young Ju Ju Young from Minari, and Helena Zengel. Happy. Yeah, that made me happy too. Uh, Elliot, did you get a chance to see Minari?
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Uh, it was it last month? And um, it was it was my oh, highest you're gonna, rated film. <clears throat> no, I wanted to wait to the the closest to the release date. Uh, which okay, I think okay. is this Friday, a limited release, and then like later this month on VOD. So uh, I'll be dropping my, like my full review
0: soon. Uh,
2: but yeah, no, I love that film. Uh, nice. It was one of my highest rated films in, in quite a
0: while. I will, I will say this. Um, this is this category. It doesn't even matter. But I, I joked about it with JC off the line. Oh so, my god, yeah, we're doing so <laughs> outst- outstanding stunt ensemble for a motion picture, Elliot. I don't oh, know if yeah. you saw it. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, uh, can, can we both seen this movie? Can, can you guys help me out here? Uh, Charlie Chicago 7 stunt ensemble. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like and, I said, it just ha- the only thing I can think, it just has to be the riot scene because the there scene, is yeah. no reason that movie should be in there. And I love that movie, but there's no reason it should
0: be. And then even more of a head-scratcher, uh, News of the World, with one action sequence in the entire movie. And it wasn't even that much action it's in that like, scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and crazy. And no, no, they
1: needed a stunt to be under, behind a rock.
0: And no tenant.
1: Which is or extraction or extraction.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I just thought that was a a hilarious one. And then, yeah, uh, the only thing here, uh, Delroy snubbed again and then ensemble, Defy Bloods, Ma Rainey's, Minori, One Night in Miami, Trial Chicago 7. I mean, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I'm at the point where Trial Chicago 7 is on film. Twitter is coming off like Green Book.
1: (laughs) which I'll be perfectly happy with because that was my number two, I mean, my number three of the year. Like, mm-hmm. if that, Minari, I mean, not that Minari's going to win, but, like, my top three were Promising Minari and, and Chicago 7. Like, if any of those three were to somehow win the Oscar for Best Picture, I will be perfectly fine.
0: Mm-hmm. I I think it's Chicago Seven right now. If we had a pick, no, yeah,
1: that it's gonna be between that or Nomad because I feel like those two and Mank are probably gonna pick up the most nominations. Mank a lot because of the technical, which is gonna help it so much. Because literally, there's not a single technical category that's not gonna get nominated. Do you I feel it shouldn't.
0: Do you guys still have Fincher winning? I don't anymore.
1: Um, it could it could go like if they like I said they love their movies about Hollywood. Yeah. So if he does win, it would have shocked me. And also if he has the overdue narrative, but I could see Chloe winning.
0: Yeah. I, I think just looking at the narrative, I can see them saying, okay, are we going to pick let let's say it's three women. We're going to pick one of these women to win, or are we going to pick the white guy in the room to win? (laughs) That's kind of like, you have to remember, yo, every Oscar season tells a story. I think this season is telling. We have three possible best director nominees. Are we going to tell that story or are we going to tell the we're going to let this white guy win? As much as I love Mank, it's it's just what the Oscars want to tell you every year. That's the narrative that they're playing this year. But, yeah, no, that that wraps up all the awards talk. Uh,
1: Ryan's like, finally. Yeah, he's like,
0: I can finally talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I know... Elliot, doing a great job on your show. I'm try- I'm going to try to keep this specific conversation to as little as possible, but I do want to talk about WandaVision. Yes. And um, I'll kick it off with Ryan since you haven't talked in about 30 minutes. Uh, what, were <laughs> your, what were your thoughts on WandaVision this week? Amazing. like
3: Amazing as usual. Um, just, uh, are we keeping spoiler free,
0: right? No, you go ahead. Spoil all you we're want. We're good.
3: Just like when vision started to get suspicious and he releases the one guy for the few minutes was amazing and like chilling at the same time. Um, when he gets suspicious of Wanda and then when they confront each other, uh, and the credits start to roll and he's still confronting her is amazing. And just, Oh, I loved it.
0: Thanks Ryan. Yeah. It was really, really solid. Uh, Elliot, I know you talked about it for three hours yesterday, but, uh, that that reveal was something, right? Yeah,
2: man, and honestly, man, I can talk for it talk about it for another three hours. I've really been enjoying this show, man. It's uh the reveal was insane. I mean it's uh... I don't want to say bittersweet because if you, for all of us that follow movie news, you know, we knew for about a year now that Evan Peters was uh, cast in the show and it was, you know, you can theorize who he was going to be playing, but it was still, nonetheless, I thought the execution was still good. I can, I'm okay with, I'm not going to say I'm okay with spoilers, but I'm okay with being spoiled as long as the execution's still there. I was still surprised and I'm still invested in that scene. But the thing that's really been getting me so, like, amazed with this show is just the how they're handling these superheroes and particularly Wanda dealing with grief and how her powers are really kind of centered around when she's mad upset obviously she has to hone in her powers which speaking of the next big reveal I hope that it's either Professor X or her you know in the comics her father Magneto which would be insane especially with Quicksilver now in the mix it would kind of bring the family together but um, I've been loving this show I love the way they're telling a the story about how it's all uh, Wanda and Vision are the most under, misunderstood Avengers. Uh, they first were, were introduced as villains, uh, and they've been kind of looked at as kind of, uh, you know, whether it be Vision as being used as a weapon or Wanda being uh, labeled as a terrorist. They've always been misunderstood, and I love how the show is like showing a light on the different perspective of how Wanda sees how she's just living her life. But the other people like S.W.O.R.D. consider her to be a threat. So I just love how the show is all about perspective and how we view television series and how we view characters in those series and how it's all about how you can see
0: a scene played differently uh, from that person's point of view. So I've I really been loving the show so far. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we get to JC, I actually, I, I jokingly thought I'm like they're doing the Dark Phoenix story better than the X-Men ever did it. <laughs> uh, 100%, yeah. go, go ahead, right. Since
3: they changed the look, but they made it clear that they really didn't change her backstory on the outside world. Do you think that how much do you think she tries to change and how do you think they change it since they changed Pietro's look, obviously, to Evan Peters?
0: So I'm going with what Elliot said. I I can't see them not having that Magneto card and not playing it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like that's something Feige hasn't thought of. But I mean I guess we'll see. Well there's a lot because I think this is we obviously know this is gonna continue into Doctor Strange. So I suspect yeah. that whatever happens here, it's just gonna continue into there. But JC, thoughts on the episode?
1: I mean, you guys have pretty much said it all. Like it was like I've been like I know a lot of people were like not feeling the first two episodes because they said it was like slow moving, but I I've loved the show since the first episode and I felt like their the pacing of everything has been going good, especially the lot. I mean I'm I'm glad that the people that weren't feeling too much the first episode getting like very rewarded the last two with all the reviews that we're getting and like all the explanation and stuff and similar to Elliot like with the Evan Peters stuff like it was great but I would have loved it they would have just kept it a secret cause you know like, like you had seen the episode before and I had seen a lot of people like oh the ending was crazy so when I heard the knock and my you know just like putting two and two together I was just like it has to probably be Evan Peters coming out right now cause that's like the only person I could have saw that you know like leaving such a thing for the last minute, and it would have. I mean, I hope that's not the Luke Skywalker level cameo that that um, Elizabeth mentioned. Come like yeah, it's a great cameo, but I don't think it's Luke Skywalker level.
0: Nah, that Skywalker cameo is top tier because I don't think like, anyone and, called that.
1: And like when they when the what's the the, the made up character's name the the new guy that they created for the show that he's like uh, the head of sword. The guy that, the guy that's running everything, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Director Hayward. Like, when he was talking, he was like, she don't got any nicknames, and, like, I was waiting for for him to say, you know, because I'm like, they own the rights for, like, the extra stuff like that. I'm like, are you probably going to, you know, call her Scarlet Witch? But mm-hmm. it happened. I'm I'm like, fuck. We'll get there. yo, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I think I've, I've been saying, because we've been recapping Law and Division every week on the podcast, I've actually th- said uh, to the guys, Elliot, that I suspect that dependent on especially after this episode that wanda may actually be the big bad of dr strange in the multiverse yeah no, I,
2: I i totally agree with you and i think what Marvel's going to be doing is they're going to not go the traditional villainous route yep. i think again it's going to be about perspective just like killmonger doesn't see himself as a villain and i don't really see him as a villain it was just a matter of he just went about his way differently of opening wakanda to the world so i think that that same could be said about vulture uh same could be said about a lot of these kind of third uh phase three villains where they're not traditionally like world ending even thanos to a certain extent had a certain point of view even though it was wiping out uh half of the world but i I think wanda's gonna have her reasons why she might be a quote-unquote um antagonist for uh you know dr strange too but i don't think it's gonna be like traditionally speaking like she wants to end the world i think it's just going to be a matter of she can't hold in her powers and can't control it and she's going to have everything taken away from her
0: yeah i totally agree like i've one of the things i've been saying is that this show is feels like a tragedy in a way it's 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 just her with her ptsd of everyone that's been around her in her life has been killed or died or is not there anymore her parents her brother vision and this is the best way she can deal with this tragedy it's it's Marvel at its finest with their storytelling and for those that look deeper into it you can tell like how deep her story runs and I mean all of us here know Scarlet as a character is super important to the entire world uh, and powerful. of Marvel and how powerful she is so it's it's um interesting to see where it goes I actually do have some tidbits for the some of the Easter eggs so I I don't know if you know Ellie I'm like huge on sitcoms like i I'm a huge mark for them. Like I stand like all these sitcoms. So like, see, I always look for the Easter eggs every week. So mm-hmm. the opening, I don't know if you guys talked about it yesterday, but like the opening credits, that's like a, not to family ties and not just family mm-hmm. ties, but uh growing pains. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the, the flashing of them young to being old, that's in credits of growing pains. The other thing I noticed mm-hmm. is that, um, the, the, the kids, the twins, Growing mm-hmm. five years older, so in season four of Family Ties, a baby there's a baby in season four. In season five of Family Ties, that baby's already five years old. So it's the same mm. date, the same age range switch mm. switch off that Wandavision has. Mm. And then, um, don't they do that in Fresh Prince with Nikki as well? Nick, yes, they do do that. That's yeah. a good one. They <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was after one season, right? 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 Yeah, I believe
1: yeah, so. Not even a season, full season. Season five and the season, the and they season do it even, at the very end with like Joshua.
3: Sorry to cut you off. They do it at the very end with Joshua, uh, of boy meets world. They age him,
0: and then the the change of characters that used to happen in the eighties all the time with sitcoms. You and, and yeah, the recast, the recasting was was a regular thing. And then there's one thing that I wanted. Maybe I'm overdoing it. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into like Easter eggs. But um, there is a line that. I think, Um. oh my God. I think Monica says, and I don't know if you guys talked about it. And, and I, I, I and
1: Yeah, talking.
0: where she talks about a particular aerospace engineer in mind yep. to call for help. Did we all mm. say Reed Richards here?
1: <laughs> Reed Richards or Ironheart heart to me, I thought. What about yeah, you? Yeah,
0: we,
2: yeah yeah we talked about that yesterday and that's one of uh a couple different easter eggs for fantastic four even with episode four with monica talking to uh hayward about the uh, space program and how some of the astronauts went missing which can maybe explain uh you know them going to the negative zone on quantum realm and them getting their powers there so i think uh, especially with kevin Feige announcing that we will be getting fantastic Four directed by john watts i think they're planting the seeds with this show because as you mentioned She doesn't have family Uh, who would be a better way to introduce kind of a family dynamic versus the first family of Marvel. So I think uh, they're going to definitely tie that into the MCU. And also too, going back to your reference with the sitcoms, I thought it was so hilarious that, again, you spoke about the twins. It happens to be that Elizabeth Olsen is a has two sisters that were twins that were part of Full House, which also kind of talks to the cool uncle coming at the end with Uncle Jesse being Quicksilver. So, yeah, this show is I didn't
0: know that. Uh, Ryan, do you agree on the FF?
3: Uh, sure, I didn't catch the line, but I I agree with it. Uh, How about the ad at the end? What do you guys think of that?
2: That was the darkest ad yet. I, it was funny, but it shouldn't have been funny just because it was like so like blood on the counter and wipe away your mess, which she did with Lagos. And again, I go back to perspective. Wanda saw that as let me save Captain America and these people on the ground level from being killed, but obviously we know that you know she accidentally killed people in the building, setting off the Sokovia Accords. But again, in her eyes, she was being a hero. But again, General Ross looked at it as a threat. So it it was it was a great commercial, man. I loved it.
0: Yeah, then and, and, and it, we're already trained that we have to look for everything on these mm-hmm. on these episodes, yeah, cause like
1: because like like people that don't really know it, they would even know it. it was like that's maybe a, a connect to like Civil War, like Lagos, Lago, Nigeria
0: and it's very surprising i mean uh f- where we're going in terms of what disney plus is doing i saw some complaints online when they announced all these shows but we're still we're still in quarantine and the fact that we are getting five more weeks of this show then we go right into falcon and winter soldier i mean and then right into loki i mean give me give me all of that give me all of that but yeah that brings us to our conversation today marvel versus dc it's a very interesting Trend that I see on social media and film Twitter, how they put this level of competition between both of these uh, properties. And for me, and I've, I'll get your guys' thoughts on it before we dive into the, all the films. For me, I never really felt that there's a competition. I've always felt that each of them have offered a level of greatness. But being that film Twitter and social media are prisoners of the moments, they kind of forget how amazing dc was over marvel for a long long period of time before the mcu started so this discussion that we'll have today kind of dissects all that like to show that there's greatness in both and not just a 12 year period that one studio was pretty much dominating so i'll kick off with jc on this what are your thoughts on this whole like marvel versus dc thing
1: I, you know me, I like to get into it sometimes with people on the comments, and I always said, like, you could be a fan of both. Like, I feel like it's the newer. Well, I mean, it, granted, people do it all the time, but I feel like this shouldn't even be really a discussion about you're allowed to be a fan of both. Like, it's great to love both, but I feel like, you know, with the, I mean, me and Ellie, especially, we like most some of the DCEU movies more than you, Dave. But, like, no, <laughs> because, hmm. yeah, like, I'm like, I feel like me and Ellie, like, you know, we like Man of Steel with all this stuff. But yeah, we know that you don't like it much, David. We'll get into it a little bit later. But yeah. I feel like, you know, like the fact that the reception for those movies haven't been that good. <laughs> like, I feel like it's such an easy target for people. And I feel like that's really their only argument. Because, like, people, like, when you talk, like when, we, like, when I talk this whole conversation, I like to say, oh, okay, don't talk about MCU movies. You know, you got Daredevil, you got Ghost Rider, you got Blade Trinity. Like, oh, outside yeah. of the cinematic universe, DC whips ass. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ryan thoughts
3: I mean people just love To find a war where there Isn't one they want to divide Like and it's just funny I really think As long as it's Prospering that's what we Want yep. we want to see all this Give me more give me As much Marvel and DC Movies as possibly can I'll go see both at the same time if I Can yep. <laughs> Um <laughs> But we just as human beings we love to divide. I mean, it's
0: just hilarious to me. Elliot thoughts.
3: Yeah, no, they they
2: said it perfectly, man. And and being someone that kind of grew up uh with comic books um, you know DC and Marvel has always been kind of when one comic succeeds the other one concedes and the same thing could said about movies and TV shows if if these films are become failures then that means that people are losing interest into the genre so DC's rooting for Marvel to have a hit because that means people are still excited for the Marvel or the, the comic book genre and the same goes for Marvel even though DC's might have had some stinkers they, they they want Wonder Woman to be the most watched thing on HBO Max because that means when WandaVision comes out people are accepting you know superheroes on on television series at a bigger scale. So, I think the debate uh is more of a of a Twitter debate more so than the people are excited that we're getting so much content, especially growing up as a kid, 10 years gaps between superhero movies and now we're getting <laughs> 10 superhero movies a year, which is it's crazy. But yeah, I, I think it's uh it's a debate that is more said on Twitter and it's definitely a case where there's like a small crowd of people that seems a lot larger than what it actually is but i think uh both companies dc and marvel are rooting for each other to do success because they want people to still want these type of content
0: yeah i agree i it's the vocal minority on on, on film twitter that likes to be you know with this competition but no, i agree like i i was still am a comic book reader my i have long boxes for days in my in, in my house and I I always point back at this very moment of 2019 in the theater watching Endgame where we see the portal scene. When I was a kid, like it brought a tear to my eye because like what reading these comic books, I never said to myself one day we're going to get a movie that's going to have about 50 comic book superheroes on the big screen battling it out. And that moment itself, you know, we can point at many moments in Endgame, but that moment for me is the one that That I'm like, okay, it's hard not to smile at this because where we're going to get into where we were to where we are today, you just have to appreciate everything. And then the fact it's a yin and a yang, you get something like Endgame, but then DC is like, okay, you have this and DC is coming with Joker at the end of the year. It's just like, wow, like incredible stuff. But we're actually going to get into everything starting from 1966. um before we get into all these movies one last question what is the first comic book film you actually remember watching in theaters jc i'll kick it i'll kick it to you
1: um spider-man 2 for me nice
0: great choice i mean great first one to go um ryan do you remember i want to say batman forever nice not the best choice <laughs> hey,
1: it was a big hit back then. Yeah, no, I was. It kiss, was "Kiss from the Rose." I, I, I was,
0: I was in the theater too. Elliot, what about you? Do you remember? Oh yeah, 1998, uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade. Nice. And then for me was 1992's Batman Returns. Um, Cause you the old fart. Yeah, man. My my, my mom, I, I my mom obviously took me. I was like uh, five years old, five or six Probably years. I was like four months. Yeah, and that movie, that I mean, we love Batman Returns. Everyone here, but that movie is not for kids. Oh, <laughs> that's
1: that's why he got fired.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why we got Batman. That's why we got Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get into it. 1966, the first theatrical comic book film, Batman 66. Have you guys seen this movie? Ryan, yes. I know you have. <laughs> Plenty of times. And some Never days you shot. just Yes, yeah, some days you just can't get rid of rid of a bomb. Uh Elliot, have you seen this movie?
2: Yeah, a very, very long time ago. I, I remember the campy nature of obviously Adam West and everything, but I, I haven't revisited it in poof, probably about I'll be honest, like fifteen
1: years. But it, I, I have seen it when I was much it, younger. Yeah. It
0: is it is quite the ride. Uh, J- <laughs> J- JC, have you seen
1: it? Yeah, I'm same. I've seen it. I've seen, I'm same as Elliot, Probably like ten years since the last time I watched it. I'm like, like I remember. I've talked to you. Like I do want to watch just like just to binge the old series, but it's not streaming anywhere. So like I do want to one day eventually just like see the whole series and see the movie.
0: Yeah, it's the movie is and Ryan. I mean, I I I I watch Batman movies all like once a year, every single one. So I do watch this every year, and it's just. Eh where we are today that it, yeah it, it. that wasn't it that wasn't it <laughs> obviously like
2: my it i mean also too i mean it does speak to the times you know 1966 oh, yeah. that we definitely weren't uh as uh palpable as far as uh the content out there in regards to uh the genre being kind of the gritty batman during that time
0: yeah even the comics at the time so it was authentic to what the comics were proceeding in 1966 mm-hmm. batman was not right, a dark right. a character until frank miller so it, yeah. You know, it, it was what it was. I just look back and laugh. There's a scene, and if you guys ever watch, it's very early when we see all the, the, the villains' hideouts, and each villain, like I think Catwoman, Joker, Penguin, the Riddler, they each have a cubby in the background with their quote unquote niche. So Joker has like a book of jokes. Penguin, the penguin has fish. It's like so ridiculous. It's, it's it's hard not to laugh. And then there is a and we go back to you know actors taking the role seriously. The Joker still had a mustache. Cesar Romero still had a mustache. <laughs> so it's it's just fun to look at. Uh but this one a little bit more serious. We fast forward to 1978 and that's the first big blockbuster uh comic book film. Superman, nineteen seventy eight, um, a little ridiculous now with the ending of that movie, but Christopher Reeve is one of the goats in terms of superhero characters. JC, I'll start with you on this one. Sup- Superman, seventy eight, love it, hate it, indifferent.
1: No, no, I, I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's probably like it's probably my favorite uh, Superman movie to this day. Like, yeah, like Grant said, like we were talking about Batman sixty six. It's like. For first time, obviously, like, when we look at it now, it's like, you know, it's like it like some things are dated, a little cheesy, you know, like, because, you know, we've seen the way, the way um, comic book um can portray for the line, but, you know, it still holds up really well, and I still love it. I watch it, like, every couple years.
0: Nice. Uh, JC. I mean, JC. Uh, Elliot, <laughs> thoughts? yeah no it, it's so funny man growing up as a as a
2: kid i wasn't the biggest superman fan so for the longest time i wasn't even a, i didn't not not like the film but i wasn't as um oh my God, oh respectful man. to the film as what it was but literally in the last i think i rewatched it a couple of years ago and just kind of being older and appreciating the the, the character much more the, the film was one of my favorite comic book movies of all time and just Same. growing appreciation to lois and well, i should say clark clint and lois relationship and just that The charm that they have, Christopher Reeves was born to play Superman. We'll talk about Henry Cavill being my favorite Superman, but I'm not going to lie. Clark Kent, his portrayal of Clark Kent is the best I've seen on screen, hands down. Oh, yeah. And, yes, it has its cheesy moments, especially the ending, uh, the world (laughs) reversing time, like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but, uh, you know, him and his relationship with Paul Kent, and the stuff on the farm, and, you know, we'll talk about Man of Steel's death and how that was handled, but, uh, with Jonathan Kent, but, no, it's, it's uh, literally as Kevin Feige has said millions of times, Patty Jenkins, uh, James Wan, I mean, you name some of your favorite comic book directors if it wasn't for that film and the the direction and chris free's performance half of these superhero movies probably wouldn't work today it's it's a staple for a lot of marvel films and i think kevin feige says he makes all his directors watch uh or i can't remember who said this quote that someone one of the studios makes their directors watch um that film just to get a little bit of inspiration i think it was kevin feige that said that but it's, it's a classic man.
0: oh yeah and ryan thoughts
3: I enjoy the hell out of it. Like you guys said, it's a classic. I mean, the, you guys nailed it. I enjoy watching every time it's on and I'm probably going to go watch it once we're done. Yeah. The <laughs> n-
0: next up is Superman two. Now, the reason this is a big uh, discussion to have, it, it, it's all dependent if you guys have seen it. So this is the first quote unquote Snyder cut. So it's Richard, yeah. Cut. So Richard Donner um had his Superman two completely butchered and they made they re- hired a new director to release the film. And then I think it was 2006, around the time of Superman Returns, the Donner Cut was released, which is a completely different film than the Superman 2 that was released. I find that director's cut much superior to the one we got. Not to just uh, take any credit away from Superman 2, I do enjoy it. But this kind of the first inkling of like studios meddling into a director's true vision and then we end up getting the Donner cut in 2006. So I'll, I'll just the only thing on Superman two is: do, have you guys seen both cuts or just the first cut? JC,
1: no, just the first cut. But I've, I've been wanting to get to the Donner cut because, like, no, I've always heard it was better stuff because I know that it basically was like he shot he shot both the movies like back to back at least yes. like part of yes. part two and then he got fired and they had the guy like reshoot and stuff. That's why like I think Gene Hagman didn't want to come back or some, something like that because he he. They were very loyal to
0: Donner, And then, Elliot, I gotta, I gotta ask, since you're a Man of Steel guy, please tell me Terrence Stamp is better than... Please Just just, just give me that one, at least. <laughs> Did Michael Shannon? Yeah. I will find him. Oh, uh, no. no, dude.
2: Michael Shannon is my guy. Like, dude, General Zod is one of my favorite... His portrayal of General Zod is one of my favorite like, villain roles of all time, dude. Like, Michael Shannon is the GOAT for Zod. I do respect what we get with Superman 2, dude. Don't get me wrong. But come on, bro. Come
0: on. Michael Shannon, <laughs> I, come on. Dude. I can't wait. So you won't be up before Zod? No, I don't think, I don't think <laughs> it will. Oh, I can't wait for two thousand, uh, 2012 here. Um, Ryan, have you seen both cuts? Nah, Sally, but I do want
3: to check out the Donner cut.
0: Yeah, the Donner cut was actually on DC Universe, but now on HBO Max, it's just a regular cut. So if you guys ever so- get a chance to check it out, it's really, really solid. Then it starts getting a little bit uh, bleak for for DC. I'm just gonna run Richard through these. Pryor. We got Swamp Thing. Never seen it. We got Superman three, which I'm I love Richard Pryor. Um, that ain't it here, but I do I mean, like. I
1: choose that a request for peace.
0: Yeah, but I do like Superman versus Superman in, in yeah,
1: this. That's that's the highlight of
0: that movie. Yeah. Have you, have uh, yeah. You seen Superman three, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've
2: unfortunately seen all the <laughs> Superman films and the sequels, but yeah.
0: Uh, Ryan tell me you're a fan I, of superman 3 i have i don't remember much from it. Though. <laughs> so um superman is not the villain so you know how he fights himself there is some other it's like a computer tech villain yeah so it's like a poor man's lex luthor if you really if if you really <laughs> want to call it anything. Anyway. then we got supergirl 1984 i've only seen this once it's on hbo max i don't remember much
1: i never of it. finished it
0: yeah um elliot and ryan have you guys seen that <laughs> Mm-hmm. i did and i remember being a fan of it but i want to see it again nice and then we have uh jc's favorite superman four, the quest for peace oh yeah
1: it's a, it's a, it's a, let's talk about your love for nuclear man
0: listen i fucking love nuclear man <laughs> oh Dis- we know you d- do destroy superman it's so fucking ridiculous in his long <laughs> ass nails it's just out of it's so fucking ridiculous um the worst superman movie of all time but I do yeah. I do have a good time with it. Uh but in between 1984 and 1987 comes Marvel Comics and they said we're going to get into the movie business. And they mm. said we're going to come in strong. Nothing is going to stop us after we released 1986's Howard the Duck.
1: Yes. JC all yours. One of my one of my biggest guilty pleasure movies. Like it's crazy cuz I didn't even like, like, obviously, no, that's not a really popular comic, so I had no idea that Howard Duck was based on a Marvel comic, until so I was probably, like, in high school. But, like I, like I said, it's not a good movie. Like, I could I could say I like certain cheesy, bad movies. From you know, we know, we did it in a horror episode. But I can admit when something's not good. Howard Duck is not a good movie at all, but I just enjoy it. Like, it's cheesy, and, like, knowing that George Lucas did it, you know, like, at the beginning when he's in his planet, he has like the the Indiana Jones stuff, like raid. It was like raiders yeah. of like a duck pun. And I enjoyed Mister Freeze and Batman and Batman and Robin because of the the ice puns. So like just seeing like remember I'm a we're in the world big movie fans, but you know so like I was catching on to all the all the nods to like Spielberg Spielberg's work and to George Lucas' work. So like it's just a fun time for me. I don't think it's a good movie at all. Very cheesy and very dated, but yeah, it's a good time for me. Just similar to you with quest
0: for peace Elliot is uh Howard the duck on the same level as man of steel for you. Oh, of course, man. is <laughs> one of the greatest movies of
1: all time.
2: Uh, no, man, I've only seen it once. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it, it is a guilty pleasure film in regards to, again, a product of his time. And also <sighs> Hollywood, you know, Picking out a obscure type of, of, of titles and seeing if there's an audience for it, and and I wouldn't be surprised again, even with James Gunn putting him in uh, Guardians, and he was I think in the, of the portal scene, feel. I think he was in the portal scene if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken in uh, yeah. Endgame, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a revival, uh, being in that character back comic or um, uh, animated or you know some type of Disney Plus show in the future, but yeah, it's it's a film that you know what I'm, I'm gonna probably revisit just from this conversation alone, just kind of revisiting <laughs> all these own films, but it's been
0: a while, it's been. <laughs> In a while since so I've seen it. I do agree. I I I I bust JC's balls well, off the line. I, I do it. I do enjoy it. It's just so ridiculous. And the practice, so I will say. Off, uh, so uh, go same, ahead.
1: But like you remember, because Ellie just reminded me with the cameo. Yeah. Like when I went to see Guardians, you could tell the age difference in the age group and like who really knows. Cause when that scene popped up, I was like, oh shit. Like I got my hype. And it was like maybe like two, three other people that really reacted to it. Everybody else was silent. And I'm like, that's how you know the real ones.
0: You're you're <laughs> you're, you're about you're you're leaving the theater saying, yo, Howard the Duck is about to be an Avenger. I, 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 <laughs> I, see, I see this coming, no, man. It's I, coming. I, I
1: loved it because it was like the it's such a James Gunn thing to do. Oh yeah. Like I, I like, agree. like I cannot wait till we get the first show of the Suicide Squad. Cause that tone is just, it's gonna be such a completely different film to what the A year did.
0: Like I do, I do agree with Elliot. I think I do think we're gonna get a Howard the Duck film, and I need James Gunn to direct Kevin it. Was it
1: working on like a TV series or animated something? I think so, but I, don't, I I don't remember anything like that. No, yeah, it was announced, but I never really hear anything else about it. Um, Ryan,
0: Howard the Duck. I know you love it.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, I love it. I can actually say I do like it more than Man of Steel. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually, I introduced my wife to it. Babe, what did you think of Howard the Duck?
0: No response. I guess that, was <laughs> I it that was says good. it all. <laughs> Very uh, hesitantly, she said it was good. So <laughs> w- Then we, after Howard the Duck, we fast forward to 1989, and I think this is when everything changes. Um, so Return of the Swamp Thing, I'm not even going to touch on because there's only one movie in 1989 <laughs> we have to talk it's about. Um, so Elliot kind of nailed it with what he said about feige making everyone watch you know superman because that's kind of the first one but i i'll go i'm gonna go on a little rant elliot i you've never heard this the guys have so so with batman 89 i think while superman laid the foundation for what comic book films were you see with the movies that i've named studios there was a a gap between films and the movies weren't marketed then 1989 comes, and while we are used to it here in the tri-state area, here in New York, that you have a comic book film on the billboards on, in Times Square, in 1989 that wasn't it. When you saw that giant bat logo hit Times Square, it became the focus of conversation. Well, oh, this doesn't look like Adam West. Like this logo doesn't even look like Adam. what? What is what is going on? What's what is this? I am on the I feel that Batman 89 is the most important comic book film of all time because it showed studios that yo we can market this and we can make a lot of money with comic book films. I think 1989's Batman started the overwhelming trend of us getting more consistent comic book films because of how well it was marketed, how successful it was in the box office based on that marketing. I've spoken to folks that were around in 1989. I mean, that were they were adults and teens in 1989, and they have gone on record. You records. were around David? Yeah, I was three. Uh, I'm not that old. Um, so, but I've gone. I've they've gone on record and said that the summer of 1989 for anyone that's ever picked up a comic book is unforgettable because of the phenomenon that Batman '89 was. While Superman was great. I think Batman 89, if it wasn't for Batman 89, I don't think the marketing frenzy that comic book films have would have occurred. Now, the movie, it's one of my top ten favorite films of all time. Is it flawed? It's extremely flawed because Alfred should have been murdered by for letting Vicky Vale into the Batcave. Uh, but as of the importance of the movie, I don't think it can be understated like how big it was. So I'll kick it to Ryan on this one. Batman 89. Absolutely love it. I can't get enough of it. Like you said, changed the game.
3: And, you know, have you ever walked with the devil in the pale moonlight?
0: Yeah, man. Jack Nicholson made nonsense sound wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Elliot, thoughts? Yeah, no. Um, you said it. You, you summed it up perfectly, man. It
2: is a uh, one of the reasons why we get what we get now in the comic book realm. It, it definitely set a trend there. But, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, Jack Nicholson. Um, is the film for me. No disrespect oh, yeah. to Michael Keaton. Uh, I think he is a a good Batman, a, a good Bruce Wayne, but not my favorite. That might be blasphemy. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with him in, in the Flash film in the coming years. But uh, Jack, it's Jack Nicholson that, that steals the film. And, and the reason I bring up Bruce Wayne and, and particularly um, Michael Keaton being a huge Batman fan, there are, like you just mentioned, there are some things that just totally don't sit well, well, yeah. <laughs> sit well with me with Batman. Like you just mentioned, the Batcave, how long it took for him to figure out who Joker really was. Uh, it's just some things that, you know, don't sit well with me as a Batman fan. But it, nonetheless, what with, uh, with Tim, Tim Burton did in that film and, and what we get with that, you know, like you said, it, we wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for 89 uh, Batman. Yeah,
0: a lot of murders. Bruce Wayne does not care, he yeah. does not yeah, mind yeah. killing people. Uh, JC, yeah. thoughts?
1: That was my introduction to the character, cause it, like that in the animated series. But I love it, you know. Like I, since since I've gotten cool with David, I've, I've, I've appreciated it more, cause I always knew they had like the the highest like marketing campaign at the time. But you no, know, just like his love for his like made me like. I remember I I saw it two times since me and him got cool. With and like like I said, I, I, it was my introduction to the character along with the animated series. And I, I love it. Like it's it's not my favorite of the of the older ones. It's my favorite is still Batman Returns, but. But it's one that I really love. And then Jack Nicholson's Joker. I never, I mean, up until Heath Ledger came out, I never thought that anybody was going to be able to top that because, like Elias said, like, no disrespect to Michael King, he's my favorite Batman. But when you talk about that movie, you talk about Jack Nicholson's Joker because, like, you know, Jack Nicholson was already, had already had two Oscars by that time, so him doing a comic movie was really big. Oh, yeah.
0: And um, going back to Elias, that, I love the movie so much that I can poke fun at it at his... Faults. So Was it the mo- no, the most un Batman thing that he does in the movie is like send the Batmobile into into Access Chemicals and literally kill everyone in there, but he doesn't even do the job himself. He just sends a car in by himself and the car meets him at the end after pretty much everyone dies in that explosion. That's the most bat un Batman thing ever. But uh 1989 continues because Marvel said, You know what? Oh, you, you guys have Batman. I'm gonna give you our vigilante. We're gonna give you Dolph Lundgren as the
1: Punisher. He doesn't even wear the skull at all. Go for
0: it, go for it, JC. Because I actually <laughs> love, I love, I love this movie. Like
1: I said, it. I, I think to me is one of the ten worst comic movies of all time. <laughs> it's so great, but he doesn't even wear the skull shirt. Like, I know. Is, it's... Is there? And then, come on, Dolph. No offense to Dolph Lundgren, but he should never have black hair. He's in that. Like, he, it just. Like I said, is for his product for his time, yeah. Like you know, I could imagine if I was if I was like a ten year old in 1989, you no, know, oh shit, they got Drago to play Frank Castle, I probably would have loved it.
0: Yeah, casting wise, like, it made sense for 89 with how
1: Lunger was. But just it. like you know, it's like the fact that do they even call him the Punisher in the movie? No, they
0: mm-hmm. call him. Do do they? I could
1: have sworn they this just called him. You, you should, I thought you would know. You'd love it.
0: No, no, no! Like no one calls exactly. him the Punisher. That like the exactly. media, the media, the scroll. media, the media calls him that. But I don't think everyone just calls him Frank. Uh,
1: and then you know that like, he doesn't even have to the skull. The thing like to me, like it does. It just feels like they just labeled it like that, but it doesn't even really feel like a Punisher movie. No, nah, it
0: just feels, in all honesty, like I I enjoy it, but it feels like an
1: '80s action movie, and that's it. <laughs> uh, exactly, it's like a regular <laughs> Stallone action movie.
0: Elliot, thoughts on 1989 <laughs> the Punisher? If you've seen it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, you literally took the words right of my mouth in regards to it's a traditional 80s films mask as a, as a superhero comic book uh, character uh, for, I guess, the IP purposes and also the actor in the role. But, yeah, it, it's it's not that good of a film.
0: I, I, I totally <laughs> agree. Um, Ryan, thoughts? You guys said it perfectly. Um, <laughs> it, it's an
3: action film with a Marvel stamp on it to try to get the geeks in.
0: Nice. All right. So, um dc said it was gonna be happy dc said um we're gonna let marvel have 1990 and then marvel <laughs> said you know what we're gonna we're gonna give you one of our most popular superheroes one of our one of our most popular comic books 1990s captain america jc you saw that for the first time yesterday i'm gonna let you take yeah, it over which you
1: better never say I, I don't got love for you because <laughs> i watched. <that>. I mean great. <laughs> It wasn't bad. Like I would I, w- I would see it again. But Italian Red Skull doesn't really work for me. And then just like like I said, you know, just given everything we've seen the last thirty years, like the effects, just like the way the you know, like Red Skull looked, I was just like <sighs> I mean, like I said, I enjoy how the dug, so I pretty much could take any movie. But yeah, like it wasn't bad. Like I guess it's just it's just the fact of how far comic movies has come. Like when we see these older ones, it's just like, you know, it's like they just don't compare. But like, you know, like I could just appreciate, you know, for what for what for, for what they had at that time. Because I can only imagine the budget for that movie for like a million, two million at tops. Yeah, I agree. I'll... So, it's just like you know, for what it is, it was like it's all, it was all right. I like, I would watch it again.
0: Funniest part of that movie is Captain America running in the suit and his uh the
1: ears wiggling. Oh yeah, it was like it was like fake ears, right? Yeah, it was fake ears. I remember yeah. there was I, I remember like years years ago, like I saw people making fun of that the like, fact that it was like they didn't even bother to make just have his eat it be real ears. It had like a whole rubber thing on him.
0: And best part about it, he lives in California.
1: Yeah, like when I remember I, when I told David that I'm like, really? They moved? They made Steve from California? Like, yes, you damn right they did. Like, he was <laughs> so happy about it.
0: Um, Elliot, thoughts? I know, <laughs> I know you love uh Chris Evans, but uh, how does this Captain America work for you? Yeah, to be honest, I've never seen it, man. Oh, uh, well,
2: almost a- like in the same vein as Superman. I wasn't – growing up, I wasn't a big Captain America fan. But, uh, you know, I definitely putting on that watch list to kind of revisit to see how far Marvel <laughs> has come. It, they've gone pretty it's far. Something.
0: It's it's
3: It's something to watch. That's all I got to say. Ryan, what about you? I'm in the same boat. I haven't seen it. Um, It's funny going through the list of Marvel DC films – I realized growing up, I've seen a lot more DC
1: films. Yeah, and then Marvel takes... Yeah, because before it was, they used to dominate.
0: Yeah, and then after that, Marvel takes a four-year break, but in between, we get Batman Returns, which we all love. It Unfortunately, it kind of killed Burton's Batman verse because of how dark it was, but we all enjoyed. JC, that's your favorite Batman film, right? I'll yeah, I remember Night. I even
1: had the, the game in the Super. I even had the, uh, the Super Nintendo game they had. That game is hard. Yep. Like, I loved it growing up.
0: Elliot, thoughts on Batman Returns?
2: It's it's a burden film, that's for sure. Oh yeah, Uh, and it is. uh, I mean, again, speaking of uh, you know, just villains standing out more so than Batman for me. I mean, Catwoman, man, Uh, Catwoman stole the show, and even you know, see, Danny DeVito's crazy Penguin uh, doing all the absurd stuff that they were doing. But again, it's it's definitely burden was they they gave him no reins. It's uh, almost like uh, James Gunn having no uh, restrictions on his new Suicide suicide Squad film. So. I prefer eighty nine more
0: so than returns. I know yeah, that's something here. like
2: you guys prefer ninety two. Okay. Oh no,
0: I'm with you, Elliot. I'm I'm eighty nine all 89. day. I okay,
2: I'm gotcha, the only one gotcha.
1: that likes returns more.
0: Returns more.
2: Yeah, I mean it's wacky. It's fun, man. It's something different, which I always appreciate. But yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a Tim Burton film.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I I you know we've seen very different iterations of the Penguin, but never once in my mind, even now as a grown man, that I said I'm gonna write a script. And I'm gonna make him ride a rubber ducky for about two hours. Like that 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 was Burton's choice. It,
1: he Bur- was probably watching Sesame Street. And I mean, they
0: really got a, they really made use of the budget for that rubber ducky because that duck is like in every scene of the movie with the penguin. So, uh, Ryan, thoughts on Batman Returns? I absolutely
3: love it. Um, it's one of my favorites. I mean, what can, what else can be said about it? Um, yeah, Catwoman's awesome, Penguin's awesome, and yeah,
0: and moving on to 1994 marvel's back and elliot i i'm not this is not blasphemous i promise like w- w- we can still be cool you I, I hope we can still be cool after i say this but uh 1994 is roger corman's fantastic four is the best fantastic four movie we've gotten so far and that's not saying much go ahead jc take it away no no
1: no i like uh I do still prefer the 05 and 07 one. Fucking Michael
0: Chiklis. Ugh. But
1: I, 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 I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying I can't give too much credit to the Roger Corman one. But I will say I will, wa- I will watch this over Fan 4 Stick any day of the oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Elliot, have you seen the 94? Fantastic Four? Yeah, it, it's, it's been <laughs> a while.
1: Um <laughs>
2: It, I mean, there hasn't been, unfortunately, no um, true Fantastic Four <laughs> film yet, unless true. you count In- uh, the Incredibles yeah. uh, by uh, Brad Bird. But <laughs> hopefully, Marvel uh, and John Watts can do the, They'll get of it the characters. Right. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's something. I don't know what they were doing with those films at all.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Elliot, hey, you have sorry, um, you ahead. have Amazon Prime Elliot. Yeah,
2: yep, yeah
1: yep. There's actually a good documentary I me and Dave seen. It's called Doomed, and it talks about the whole pr- about the production of the movie. Like it's really solid. Mm-hmm. It's like it makes me appreciate the movie more, and it's like you feel bad for these people because you know they put their all into it. The director was really right, into it, just, right. and they had no idea that the movie was not gonna get released. So you, you feel for them because like you could, you know, like it makes you appreciate the movie more because like you know these actors, but oh, it's gonna be our big break and everything, and just. It was never really got released officially, per se.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh. Ryan, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it, but I still enjoy the other ones a little bit more. Nice. All right. From cool. Davis Hart.
0: Yeah. Ninety-five. Batman Forever. I mean, the Schumacher era begins. I guess you know we can. Bad we can, nipples. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess what I want to talk. I guess what I want to just move on right away to ninety-seven and uh, Batman and Robin. And because that is nice to see you. That is, that is comedy gold. It's uh one of my favorite well, to the dinosaurs the ice age my friend the ice age <laughs> like i i think we need dceu to have a villain like this no no one, agree, no, no one agrees with me, but no. But who would it what, be? Condiment movie? King? <laughs> <laughs> Condiment King and Kite Man. And there we Ca- go. Calend- Yo, Kite man got some cred now on the Harley Quinn show. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. all jokes aside, like this pretty much, I enjoy it because I've compared it to 66. If you like the 66 show, you can't really shit on Batman and Robin because it's essentially exactly. the same yeah, level. You, you same respect. Level. I, yeah, I've used a, that take on people. It's the same level of camp. Like you can't, they're both campy what i've I've gone on record and said like batman and robin achieved what it wanted to achieve make a campy batman movie it just happened to be not what any of us wanted in 1997 uh but yeah after that it kind of destroyed batman because we didn't get another batman movie for eight years but uh i think we all i think ellie is the only one that i don't know how he feels about batman and robin uh what are your thoughts <laughs> as a kid man it
2: was uh you know it was something that was i was able to enjoy as, as as the age group that i was in when it came out but obviously when you get older and you start to watch more movies and you yeah, appreciate love film and filmmaking you're just like yeah no the complete opposite of that you're just like what was going on again again as you all just mentioned, it does pay homage to the 66, the campy nature. They want to sell toys. They want to make it, you know, the, the big hit uh, at the time. But uh, it, it, it suffered. It, the film suffered
0: for that. Oh, for yeah. For the,
2: the fact that they wanted to make it more kid friendly and uh, selling toys more so than telling a story.
0: And, Ry, before you give your thoughts on Batman and Robin, uh, start off with your thoughts on uh, your favorite DC movie of 1997, Steel. <laughs> um, oh, I actually have not seen Steel. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. That's I've crazy. Seen, I've seen it once. Uh, JC, you a fan of Steel?
1: Know, it's my number three worst comic movie of all time.
0: <laughs> then <laughs> why am I crazy for not seeing <laughs> it? Well,
1: I guess it just your comic stuff, you know, you comic book reader and everything like that. You know, it's just like, you have to just give at least one watch. It's not good, but you know, just at least check it off your bucket list.
2: Elliot, are we a fan of Shaq here? Oh yeah. A yeah, big LA fan, Lakers fan all day. So I had oh, to support plate. Shaq. Uh blue chips and steel and Shazam. All Shazam. that stuff, man. Had, uh, Kazam. Yeah, I had to
0: show love to Shaq Diesel. No, love loving I don't lo- like the film, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> loving a Bronx tale like I do. I can't believe that's the same kid from a Bronx tale and Kazam. Uh all right, and then DC takes a long break from ninety seven to two thousand four after by the way, I love, year, uh, Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off to Elliot on this because 1998 gave us Blade. Thoughts on Blade, man. From the raid scene to
2: the the fight at the end, I mean that film is just uh, it clicks on so many cylinders. Just recently picked it up a couple months ago for the 4K release. Uh, it still holds up to me. It's uh it's Wesley Snipes just killing it, man, and slaying it. And, and you know, a lot of people talk about the uh, the growth of of comic book films and the diversity of that nature. Uh, seeing Blade, you know, and a black man leading that film, and and what it, transcending to what we're getting now with Mahershala Ali taking up the role, and seeing other um you know minorities having these type of opportunities. It, it kind of you know starts with Blade. So I, I love the film, man. Um, I, I'm really excited to see if uh, Wesley Snipes has some type of in, in you know some type of nod or Easter egg in the new Blade uh, because I think uh, you know he he kind of did one of those forefronts, one of those people that kind of started it uh, in regards to a rated R comic book film. So yeah, man, I love it. JC. Yeah,
1: no, same similar to Eddie. like I would speaking of like I would love the I don't know what the character's name but the guy that Chris Christopherson played like I would love it like if Wesley Snipes because he he's been very vocal that he wants to be like somewhat involved in this. So like I would love it if he just like like a legacy casting somehow. And oh, like then, a Whistler. Yeah, Whistler. Like, I would love it if he just like cast him in the movie, just like you know, like because mm-hmm. we've seen that before. Where there's like somebody from an older version of the movie comes back and just plays a different character. Like I, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, he's been very vocal that he would love to be involved in it. Like, He was even campaigning. Hey, bro, we got a
2: multiverse. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> now we'll exactly. see. Uh, but
1: Ron- you know, just like Elliot, I'm sorry, just like the opening, I, that's one of my favorite openings in any comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ryan, thoughts on Blade? Uh, I saw it once years ago. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Wow, only once? I would have thought you would have seen it <laughs> a few more times. At least like five
1: five times or something.
0: I, I blasphemous take, Elliot. I like Blade. I actually think Blade 2 is a little better. Oh, no. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah I, I like 100% agree too. with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Guillermo del Toro directed the hell out of that. Oh movie, yeah! Really. Oh my goodness, I and love that, places, and yeah.
0: that. And that and that most deaf song at the end of the of the movie hits like. Uh, oh. Yeah. I forgot the name of it, but it's hit. I know,
2: I'm just slipping on the name. Yeah.
0: it's a banger. It's a five I think it's I, yeah. I against Eye. Uh, uh, yeah, against Eye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, then 2000 gave us X Men, which if we knew what. We are capable of with the MCU how far away they were in 2000. Um, they got Magneto right, they got Professor X right, and they got X and they got Wolverine right. I do like the movie. I X2 is on another level of how good it is, but uh, X Men yeah. was a, was a good introduction to the characters. uh JC thoughts on X Men?
1: No, well, you said the best. Like you know, it was like we've come a long way, but it was granted I don't like the fact that sometimes like. They tend to like discredit Blade, like they be like, oh, the 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 superhero boom really started with with X Men. I'm like, nah, it started in '98 with with Blade. But like, so you said it like X2, just like you know, like remember like Brian Singer, he never had really worked with a budget like that. He went from you just suspect to the Stephen King movie that he did about the Nazis. Yeah, and then like, you gave him a big budget like this, you know. He had a lot of unproven people, like like that not, wasn't unproven, but like but, like Hugh Jackman, you know, like he was known for Oklahoma. So, you know, it was like it, had, it planted the seeds for something bigger, which was, we eventually got with X2, which has that amazing opening in the White House.
0: Agreed. Uh, Elliot, thoughts on X Men? Yeah, man. Uh,
2: you just mentioned the characters. I think they did justice to, um, and you know, man, early two thousands leather. Suits yeah, what was with, that? Uh, Matrix and <laughs> X Men. It was just like, yeah, the Matrix started the the black uh, leather suits. But yeah, man, it's, it's 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 a film that you know, obviously, I appreciate it. But like you said, I mean, X two is really where um, you where know at? the film kind of takes up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great. It's funny, man. Again, being a comic book fan. I'll say I appreciate those films. And even with like my comment with Batman, I don't I still don't think we've gotten a a true X-Men movie like based on the comics. And it's just more or less like kind of a a Hollywood version or a Brian Singer version of what he looked at as the X-Men. So that's why, again, going back to Kevin Feige, I'm really excited to see a true adaptation of the comic, like one of the best comic books ever, which is the
3: X-Men run. So hopefully we get that. So, yeah.
0: Agreed. Uh, Ryan, have you only seen X-Men once?
3: No, I've seen X-Men a bunch of times. <laughs> um, I enjoy the hell of it. I named my dog Rogue. <laughs> um, oh, dope. Like, I can watch it from beginning to end a bunch of times. I really do enjoy it. But you guys are right. Like, with everything we have now, it hasn't aged to the best. But I still enjoy the scene. My favorite scene from that movie is when uh, they're in the Statue of Liberty. And... Uh, Wolverine meets Cyclops, and Cyclops is like it's like prove it. It's you. He's like you're
0: a dick. dick. He's yeah. like okay. <laughs> I
3: and love then, that scene.
0: And then moving on to 2002, real quick, Blade 2. I think it's the best. Del like Elliot said, directs the shit out of that movie. It's great from top to bottom. Uh, and then I think the movie in 2002 that put Marvel on the map. I don't think it, Blade set the trail for Marvel on, in film, but Spider Man. I mean, that was. The event of twenty of two thousand two, I remember that like it was yesterday. Uh, I think that put Marvel on a different level when it comes to comes to their film releases. Uh, JC, thoughts on Spider Man?
1: No, I love it. Like, no, I love it, and just like the foe just like he was born to play the Green Goblin because he hit. Oh, you know, like he has a funny looking face. <laughs> so he's like, he's just like like the characters. He was just perfect to play that. He was able to get all the manic ch- traits and everything on that character, and then. Toby, you know, like for a long time, I didn't, because I did, I'm not really a big fan of Andrew Garfield's take of the characters. For a long time, I thought nobody was going to top Toby until, until we got Tom Holland.
0: Yeah. I would have, before we move on to Elliot, like I, even in 2002, I'm like, man,
1: Toby's like 35.
0: And, uh, Peter Parker's I mean, like yeah. seventeen. I know I didn't really get that. And something I forgot to mention before—that's kind of what my issue was with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Like Chris O'Donnell's like sixty-five yeah, yeah, he's years not old. It's not—he's not the Boy Wonder. So, uh, but in terms of Spider-Man, really solid flick. Elliot, thoughts on Spider-Man? You know,
2: it's crazy, man. Every time I look at Spider-Man, I think like <clears throat> it's the next evolution of like how Tim Burton's uh, Tur- Tim yeah. Burtonisms was in Batman Returns. I thought that Sam Raimi implemented his sensibilities as a director in Spider Man, but also gave us a good like a great Spider Man film and was like the true to the character, unlike like I said, no disrespect to Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, but there were some Batman things that didn't work for me. But this was a Spider Man film through and through. Um it's cheesy. It has its corny moments. Yeah. Um Spider-Man 2, to me, is like the pinnacle of that trilogy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the first one, like you guys said, uh, William Defoe. which if rumors are to be true, that he was spotted on a set of Spider-Man 3. And if he is the, the MCU's uh, uh, Norman Osborn, sign me up because I thought he was just incredible in that role. Uh, but, yeah, man, it, I don't know what else to say about Spider-Man. But for it's uh, a classic. Right.
3: Right. Thoughts? It has Macho Man. It has Bruce Campbell. It's the perfect <laughs> movie for
0: me. Fact. Uh, and then moving on to 2003. I know, Ry, you've been waiting a long time, so I'm going to kick it off for you. You get to talk about two movies. I know you love. You're very passionate about. Daredevil. Hulk. Let's uh,
3: hear it. Daredevil is one of those movies I saw once, and I was good. Um, Hulk, I just saw recently, and it's right above fan four stick for
0: me as worst comic book movie <laughs> uh i'm indifferent on both so i really don't have anything to add on that jc any thoughts
1: i the theatrical cut of daredevil was not really good but i actually like the director's cut I actually like they added a lot of good stuff it was like what like i think like 10 or 15 minutes more and it's like it helps it's still not a fantastic or great um comic book but it's it's a lot better than the theatrical cut, which a lot of people that's the one that people judge it on but i feel like if some people see the directors, because they'll they'll at least give it a bit more credit and then as far as incredible as far as hulk that's a piece of shit it's like it's boring as fuck i was like i love Mm -hmm. ang lee but he should have never have touched a a comic movie
0: uh elliot thoughts on those two
2: yeah, no, I mean the, the the look of the Hulk is is disgusting. Uh, obviously CGI has come a long way during that time. I will say though, I will give Ang Lee some credit. Uh, besides Mark Ruffalo's uh, Hulk kind of raging out, and also what we get with um, you know, uh, no, um, and Norton. There are some Hulk moments, some Hulk smash moments that we haven't seen in quite a while, especially with Mark Ruffalo's uh, latest edition of Hulk. Which I, I'll be honest, kind of fast forward. I'm not the biggest fan of what Marvel's doing with the Hulk now. Uh, but either way, uh, yeah. That, and then speaking of the uh, Daredevil, I totally agree. The director's cut, it's it's
0: it's a much better film. I got to check it out then. I actually haven't seen the director's cut. Yeah, it's I'll have to check it solid. Out. And then uh, X two. I mean, it's the best X Men movie. Maybe outside of Days of Future Past for me. Uh, Elliot, I'll kick it off with you on that. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. It's top three, top tier X-Men
2: films. Um, it, it it took what the stuff I didn't like about the first one and kind of made it a little bit stronger, a better narrative. Uh, felt a little bit more like an X-Men movie, kind of the story they were telling, uh, especially with you know what the president was doing with the with the mutants, and also that we talk about opening scenes. Uh, oh what so we get good. with Nightcrawler is, is still one of my favorite yeah, comic great. book movie scenes ever. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's great, man. And also, um, you know, it's just a, a film that. That still kind of holds up more so than the first x-men movie to me
0: facts uh Ryan thoughts x2
3: i enjoy the hell of it such great storytelling um from beginning to end yes yeah, top tier x-men movies i would
0: say logan days of future past X- oh yeah X-Men. logan totally forgot about logan there for a second and then uh jc thoughts x2 no
1: you guys all said the same like i'm gonna i'm gonna run X-Men is my number three as well it's... hello
0: yeah yeah you're there go ahead
1: Oh, no, no, yeah, it's like just Logan, Days of Future Past, then X2 for me. The opening is amazing. I wish we would have gotten way more Nightcrawler because I, I love the whole, that character was, was, was done so well in that movie.
0: Fact. And then I'm going to speed it up a little bit here and then run through, because Marvel had a rough time. So we had Spider-Man 2, <laughs> which we all feel is probably, if not second best, the best Spider-Man live action movie we've gotten I mean, so it's far. The best
1: live action for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, Elliot, do you agree or are you with one of the Tom Holland ones? Um, no,
2: Spider Man two is definitely um one of my favorites. Uh I'm trying to think
0: where I will put
2: yeah, I would say it's probably my favorite. Uh and, live
0: action. And then uh Rye, thoughts, same thing? Um no, I put the Tom Holland above this one, honestly. Wh- which one? Both. Oh, that's a, that's a tough take. That's a tough take. That's a hot take. Oh, t- hot take. All right, cool. So Marvel had a rough run. one has my favorite Spider-Man villain. That's why. Uh, so uh, Mar- I'm, I'm just going to run through Marvel's 2004 to 2007 before we get to Iron Man. So we got uh, The Punisher. We got Blade Trinity. Oh. We got Elektra. We got Fantastic Four. We got X-Men Yay. The Last Stand. We got Ghost Rider. We got Spider-Man 3. We got Spider-Man. I mean, we got Fantastic Four, Rides as a Silver Surfer. I don't think there's anything else to add unless you guys want to talk about how wonderful those flicks are. Ryan, do you have anything to add? Fantastic
3: Four, baby. Oh, awesome
0: dude. movie. I love watching
3: that. <laughs> just to piss off Dave. <laughs> Nothing. About, I, I don't he know. Michael Chiklis. I just, I just,
0: Michael Chiklis runs me the wrong way so much, Elliot, that I just... I, they're unwatchable for me. I, I don't like them at all. Uh, do you have any do you have any opinion on any of those? Uh,
2: uh if it wasn't for that run of terrible films, maybe Kevin Feige wouldn't have the MCU because yeah. he yeah. he took notes, man. He took notes of how to not
0: make a bad film. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, JC, any thoughts on that run?
1: Just um, Simon Kingberg should have never got handed Dark <laughs> Phoenix because you no, know, he messed it up. I've never met a, a writer that has messed up such an iconic storyline twice. Yeah.
0: And then uh DC wasn't any better in two thousand four. They had Catwoman,
1: which is I The still, worst comic movie of all time. I've
0: never seen it. That's actually one of the only comic book films on this list I have not seen.
1: You should you should watch it just to shit on.
0: It, uh Elliot, thoughts on Catwoman? Oh, it's terrible, man.
2: I mean, but shout out <laughs> to Holly Berry taking that uh, that award sheet, the Raspberry Award or whatever it is. Yeah, right? she, should, she yes. showed up. She to took, took it with pride. She took it with pride, man. So I'll, I'll always respect that for uh,
0: for uh, Holly Berry. And uh, Rye, Catwoman. That's my third worst. <laughs> nice. And then we got Constantine in 2005, which I think it's a little underrated. I do enjoy it. I don't think people talk yeah. about mm. it at all anymore. But I, I did I did enjoy that, fil- that film. Uh, well, because now we have Matt Ryan as the perfect Constantine. That's why. Mm. JC, thoughts?
1: I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, it's... I, I don't know if you got Elliot and Ryan would agree. I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just, you know, it's kind of forgettable with everything that's come out since.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and then Batman Begins, Chris Nolan brings back Batman, and I mean, I'm not one of those blasphemous people that think it's better than The Dark Knight, but I think it's the best. It's a really, really great way to bring it It's a back. great intro. It's a, a fantastic intro. It's Outside of Joker, it's my favorite superhero origin film. And it, and um that leads to what we we're going to get into right now. So before we get to The Dark Knight, Superman Returns. I don't hate that movie the way a lot of people do, because I actually think this has the best Lex Luthor, because Kevin Spacey, you know, persona non grata as he may be, I think Kevin Spacey is phenomenal as Lex Luthor. And then fun fact about Superman Returns, he does not throw a punch the entire movie. So that that is a fact. JC, so we go from not throwing a punch to destroying everything. Yeah.
1: And breaking necks.
0: They had they had to make up for. it. JC, thoughts on Superman returns?
1: No, like you just I don't I don't think it's a terrible stuff, but it's not it's not a, a movie I go to a lot, but I do love space, I think that's the best portrayal sure, Lex Luthor.
0: Agreed. Uh and Elliot, thoughts on Superman returns? Yeah, and not not the biggest fan of it. Um,
2: you know, they are we're playing homage, obviously, to uh, Christopher Reed's Superman, but it's just yeah. not, I, I don't know, it's
0: just stale to me, I, for, uh, for uh, me personally. I'm with you. All right, and then I think we should just skip The Dark Knight because we've talked about it many times. Yeah, it's it's the best comic book film of all time. It's the best performance in a comic book film of all time. It's It's the go. It's the godfather of comic book films. But then we go to 2008, and I think this is when... I'm going to do things a little different everything here. Everything changes. Yeah, everything changes here. So we have the Dark Knight in May. I mean in July, but May gives us Iron Man. I personally saw Iron Man. I actually walked in there thinking that I didn't... I was. I didn't think anything of it. I had I, a, a critic buddy of mine who actually now works for Variety. He had seen it, and he had told me... He's like, yo, I, I, Iron Man's pretty good. Like and this was like the week out. It's like Iron Man's pretty good. I think you should I think you should see it. So um he told me stay after the credits and I'm like, What? Why? He's like, just stay after the credits. I went in, I saw Iron Man, and I'm like, Whoa, like this is this is good. And then I saw the credits post credit scene and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. And away we went. I mean, I'll start with Elliot. Thoughts on Iron Man?
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., we talked about Christopher Reed's and, you know, being born and played a role. I mean, he was born and to play Tony Stark. And again, going to the just a comic book love. You know, this one of the first times I could say I actually prefer a a, a film version of a character more so than I do in the comics. And there are some Same. you know some interesting comic book roles. And I, I don't think Marvel has done justice to some of the storylines that are in uh, um, Tony Stark's runs. But I do think that um, Tony Stark is just a little bit more interesting on screen than he was on page for me. But yeah, man. I, I mean, what what else could be said about the film? It started it all. It started the trend. It started to kicked off the MCU. Uh, and I mean, here we are now. You know, thirteen
0: years later. There's still kicking it strong all due to iron man oh yeah and then one thing before i get to jc and ryan one thing that really struck me even back in 2008 is the fact that iron man like you kind of said like in the comics he was just egghead like shellhead or something they, they they made fun of like his suit like in in like pop culture and he was pretty much a c-level marvel character and then now he is as a-list as a-list comes so JC, Iron Man, thoughts? It, you know, I do I want to lose
2: that point that you just mentioned. That is so true that they – Marvel was able to show that if you write characters well, no matter if they're C-list, D-list, no names, if you do a good story and have a good actor in the role, see what you can do. Iron Man literally is the MCU. And in the yep. comics, he is not the MCU. Oh, no, Spider-Man, no. X-Men. He's, like, super low level. So it goes to show you what Kevin Feige – and obviously we know they didn't have X-Men. They didn't have Spider-Man. But they had a story and they had people in the right position and given a quick shout out to John Favreau. He was really, you know, obviously him and Tony Stark or I should say him and Robert Downey Jr. is really kind of what laid the foundation of MCU. So I didn't want to uh, interrupt there, but I definitely want to definitely pay a nod to good stories. Good characters can get you where you're at now with MCU. Yeah,
0: and I think something that you nailed there is we should have seen it coming in terms of uh, Feige introducing characters that we really don't know. Um or don't care of like Guardians of the Galaxies are Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics are, I mean if Iron Man is C level I don't even know where to put Guardians of the Galaxy before the movies came out.
1: Them in the Eternals like it,
0: it's incredible what they have done so far, um. But yeah, JC Iron Man.
1: You no, know, like you guys was like they he they didn't have the rights to their popular characters like you know the X Men, Spider Man, so. You know, like literally had to start everything because even Captain—I mean, Captain America is popular, but even you know, he, he, before the movies, he wasn't—he wasn't on those levels. So they, what they were able to do, was just like beat level C level superhero characters, is like crazy. Like I actually saw it in the movies too, and I remember like I went along more because my brother-in-law, you know, he—he he, my sister didn't want to go see; it. she's not into comic movies. So, You know, like, oh, I'm gonna take. you. I had no excitement for it. Yeah, I was 16 when it came out, so I wasn't really into reading reviews yet to run some of you know, so I had no idea that the, you know, like, I we had, I mean, this was before The Dark Knight too, so, you know, like, we had gotten a lot of bad, you named all that terrible run that Marvel had for, like, the, for like five years after Spider-Man 2, and mm-hmm. it was just I had no, ex, no, no real, like, excitement for it, so when I saw it, I was just, like, um, I was amazed, and I hadn't really known that they, they said, oh, stay for the credits, so, like, when Nick Fury came out, I love Sam Jackson, so, i had no idea he was playing the role either so it just you know, there's a lot of things just everything popped and then like like i just said 13 years later they're still going strong yep it's like even though i'm more of a captain america fan like i will always give respect to robert downey jr because he just like he's he you know he's the heart of that he's the heart of of, of, the, of the mcu
0: agreed and then Ryan,
3: it's funny because like i said i was more into dc so when iron man like Fuck is Iron Man? Or why should I give a shit? <laughs> so I waited for it to be on TV, and when I did, I'm like, "Oh, this is why I should give a shit." Yeah, man. I
0: <laughs> I think the way to finish this episode off is to have a discussion on MCU and DCEU, But I did want to run through some of the other entries in both DC and and um and the MCU that aren't uh I mean and Marvel that aren't part of the universe. So. 2009 gave us Watchmen, and my personal introduction to Snyder, and I actually love Watchmen. I think Watchmen is that's th-
1: the best movie to
0: me. Yeah, Watchmen is very, very good. I think I, I think the the folks that don't like Watchmen are the folks that don't like that he pretty much outside of the squid took Page to screen because I think that's a, a very, very true adaptation. Um, so for you know me not being the biggest Snyder fan, I think. Watchmen is really solid stuff. Elliot, what do you like better, the original cut or the extended? I hate the. Oh, um, no, I like the extended cut. I despise, and I have the four K on Watchmen, and the four K has this thing called the Ultimate Edition that incorporates some animated nonsense that I give two fucks about. Um, so that kind of takes away from me. But I do, I do like the. I think it's three twenty something. The director's cut. I do like the director's cut. Uh, yeah. Elliot, Watchmen. Yeah, man, I, I love Watchmen, man.
2: It, it, it speaks to uh, my love for Zack Snyder. Uh, I, I feel like his movies, uh, and this even goes to you know my favorite Zack Snyder film, which is um, um, uh, was so the Dawn of the, of the Dead. So not not um, Sucker Punch. No, no not <laughs> Sucker Punch. Uh, but it, it just I think he's just I don't want to make it seem like he's just all great director. He's not my favorite director by any means, but I feel like his films are always just like ahead of their time. And I feel like there's, there's times that people kind of catch up to what Zack Snyder was trying to say and kind of do. I mean, he's a very visual director. He's like the he, – he's Michael Bay, but just a much better version of Michael Bay because obviously he's a very action-heavy. And he tells a story narratively speaking during his action. But I just think he did a great job with that film. I, I, I love the film. Uh, I love the director's cut as well. Uh, but I, I'm a big fan of Watchmen. I have a, nothing but great things to say about that film. I loved it the first time I saw it, and I still love it today.
0: Yeah, and I and before we get to Rye, I think – um. Oh my, uh, Jackie Haley should have gotten an Oscar nom For his portrayal as Rorschach That is oh, incredible, yeah. incredible stuff uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. thoughts on Watchmen
3: I didn't see it till years later But I'm very glad I did And I watch every chance I get
0: Alright, and then just to finish up on Some other non-DCU DC stuff, Jonah Hex Hot garbage, anyone know, like <laughs> Jonah Hex
1: That's in my top 10 worst
0: um, Green, I can watch it, it's watchable Green Lantern oh, oh. Don't make the suit green or animated. Yep. Not <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. I like Dark Knight Rises, and JC and Elliot and I have spoken on our Christopher. And you were on it too, right? The Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan episode. Like, if it's not the complete vision he wanted to have, and Ledger's passing kind of, you know, had him change the script around. So I'd still enjoy Dark Knight Rises for, uh, for what it is. Um, and then the other entry in D- in the DC non-EU would be Joker and. Uh, it was my number one of 2019, and it's one of my favorite films of that decade and one of my favorite performances. Uh, Ryan, you you are the biggest Joker fan here, right?
3: Yeah, it just spoke to me. It's an amazing film from beginning to end. It's my favorite film of all time. I just
0: love it. And Elliot, thoughts on Joker yeah
2: man joaquin phoenix deserved that oscar uh Todd phillips proved me wrong uh you know the the director of all the commies he's given us uh he was able to pull out uh, a really telling story about a man dealing with uh you know personal health issues and obviously they were able to mix that into the uh the lore of the joker and uh we'll see if we'll get sequels to it which i, I hope not i but, hope uh, not too no, it's, it's great not. man it's a fan. it's a great film and then jc
0: well, well go ahead ryan
3: in a sense i hope not but if they do like in the sense i want sequels in the sense like i want a heart of ice you know what i mean
0: i i'm going to i'm going to say i don't know the man i never met the man i will never meet the man but i think jc and ellie would agree joaquin phoenix will never play the joker again
3: (laughs) yeah but i'm just saying like that's in that vein i want a sequel but not like where he plays the joker again
0: yeah uh jc All right, J.C. said no to Joker. Uh and he left. And he left. So yeah, to finish off on Marvel, uh outside of the MCU, we got Punisher War Zone, we got the Wolverine, we got Wolverine X-Men. What is it? X-Men Origin Wolverine. hmm We got X-Men. Oh, yeah. We got. Oh, you're a fan, Elliot? No, no, no. I was saying no. Though. Oh, that okay. the title. That is the title uh, of the film. I don't X- know what that film was, but that was the title. <laughs> X-Men First Class that has I- moments no it doesn't no it doesn't (laughs) x-men first class love x-men first class Mm -hmm. x-men days of future Mm -hmm. past is probably outside of x2 and logan my favorite x-men film um and then we have logan which is incredible incredible stuff Mm -hmm. and then i think we got oh deadpool deadpool 2 and then spider-man into the spider-verse and new mutants i never got your thoughts oh an x-men apocalypse um and dark phoenix I never got your thoughts on *Nimue*. And Ellie, were you okay with it or indifferent? Believe it or not, I have still
2: haven't seen it. I had no, uh, and it's so crazy because uh, back in uh, 2000 when the movie was first announced, it was like one of my most anticipated films. But I, I, I don't know, dude. I'd never have went to actually. I, I don't. I haven't seen it, which is crazy. I'm gonna watch it eventually. I just haven't rushed to go watch it.
0: Yeah, it's it, it. I liked them more than I thought I would. That's kind of where where I'm at. So. To finish off the episode, just a general discussion on like this whole Marvel DCU. I'd rather not go through every single film, except like the ones that we, you know, we want to kind of focus on. Like generally, I'll I, we know DC has done it wrong, but I'll kick it off with Elliot. What do you think? where do you think DC went wrong with the whole universe? Um, where they went wrong? Well, I actually. I think it's
2: a blessing in disguise the way they kind of look did things because I think they're now starting to rush, like looking out from the inside from what they did that they're gonna make some corrections but I think the biggest thing was they rushed uh you know they they rushed their stories or rushed their characters they tried to play catch up and this is more so studio uh than I would say even Zack Snyder's version or vision uh, but they wanted to play catch up with the Avengers and they wanted to have Justice League, you know, three fil- four films into their universe, which was way too soon. Uh, they introduced Batman in a Superman 2 sequel. Um, yeah. They introduced, which I do think handled Wonder Woman pretty well, but still, I think that she should have had her solo film. What we got with BVS, which I'm a fan of BVS, that film should have been coming out, you know, years later. Uh, but it is what it is. I still love that film, to be, to be honest, uh, as well as Men of Steel. But I think the biggest thing, that their biggest issue was they were trying to play the old studio uh, way of making movies, which was let's make as much money as we can and, and rush these big titles. There's no way. I don't know what planet we live in that a movie with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman doesn't make a billion dollars and yep. Aquaman makes more money than a film with the Trinity is still crazy to me. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think for me and I, and this is kind of where I want to take this conversation in terms of DCEU MCU thing. I think it's, you nailed it. I think it's where they started. I think the fact that we start we go with Man of Steel and I guess we can just dive into to that to open that can of worms up. So I mean, we kind of t- started on it last last month with um with how I feel about the movie. So since then, I've actually rewatched uh Man of Steel and I I think we talked about I think we talked about in last month a little bit about how you know outside of the uh the Jonathan Kent death, I just feel like there's no there's no sense to Clark Kent in this entire film. There's just little glimpses of Clark Kent, and I think when you're introducing this new world and you're introducing these new characters and you are reintroducing Superman because it had been a while. They, I think going in a direction they went just didn't work for me. The outside of all the stuff that he pretty much you know he kills Zod because he wants to protect this family of three or four, but then he has no problem destroying the entire city of Metropolis and killing thousands and thousands of people. It feels contradictory into what Superman's actual mission is or motive as a as a hero. So I think that disconnect. May have continued with the rest of the M- the d c u outside of like a few films, and i can th- I think that's where for me that film just never hits me um did it it played a little better for me than it has in previous occasions I just like we're gonna talk about b v s in a little bit, but like that's kind of where my issues lie with like snyder and as a filmmaker and Snyder as the story he wanted to tell as opposed to. You look at Watchmen and it's so authentic to the comic book. You look at Man of Steel and it feels like he had never read a Superman story in his life. That's kind of where the disconnect comes because I guess I saw the potential with Watchmen. Then I didn't get it from for me. I didn't get it in Man of Steel that I was like, okay, what, what, what's going on here? Where are we going? And something I didn't mention last month, I feel like, and I this isn't Snyder's fault. I think this is Warner Brothers' fault. They marketed and 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 hid Snyder and kind of made it seem like we're getting a Christopher Nolan-style film. And I I blame Warner Brothers because even um, something as simplistic as the font that is used in Man of Steel is used in Christopher Nolan films and the title credit and the title card, you don't see it to the end of the film, similar to Christopher Nolan films. So everything in terms of the production, even though he was an EP on it, feel like we were trying to get a Christopher Nolan film rather than a you know freshly new take on Superman. So that's kind of where I stand on, on Man of Steel. Uh, uh JC thoughts?
1: No, well, I, I like it. I like it a lot more than you, but I do have it does has its faults and stuff like like it's crazy that Ellie mentioned that he's like a Michael Bay cuz I feel like they they gave each other competition of who could who could do like the most destruction to 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 on screen. <laughs> And like I, said, I, even though I think Stamp is still the best general side, I love Michael Shannon's take. Like, like, like I was like when I, I saw it opening opening night, and I and I, I liked it a lot. So when I got home and then I checked the reviews, I was surprised that it got so mixed. Because to me, I, I liked what I saw. Granted, it's very even though it was a lot darker compared to what we had seen with Brandon Ralph and with Christopher Reeves. But if you knew Zack his work, you kind of should have known what you were going to get into. You weren't going to get no bright color, you know, blue and like bright red. Uh, undies
0: on yeah um ryan before we go back to Elliot, what are your thoughts on man of steel
3: i just don't care like it's just (laughs) nothing in that movie makes me care like 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 when we talked about it off like a bunch of times but with uh ken's death is stupid um from beginning to i just don't get half his decisions i'm like okay whatever Let's get to the next one. Like when I just did my rewatch, like I couldn't wait to get through Man of Steel. Like it's the worst one of them all, in my opinion.
0: No, wow. And then, Elliot, I guess any comments on what I had uh, my whole diatribe there?
3: You yeah, didn't know, man. I think
2: uh, Zack Snyder's uh, telling of Superman, and, and he said so much so his self when regarding the, the, the grounded nature of Superman coming from an alien from a Krypton planet coming to Earth the the politics behind that, the struggle behind that, the being uh, a, 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 a alien coming to Earth and really kind of coming to who he is and who he becomes. I think the arc that he was trying to tell didn't play out uh, in the sequel, and then obviously with Justice League and him having this three arc structure of telling some Superman comics, I think again was kind of rushed. But my 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 love for the film is, and, and it kind of speaks to again my going all the way back to Batman '89. It's a, a, a really great film to me that does miss the mark on a Superman characteristics, uh, and, and again, and and you know what I think what some of these directors do is they, especially Zack Snyder, he sees it as this is his run of Superman, and whoever picks up the panel, you know, the next panel is like a comic book artist, they can tell their story, but his story was much different than, you know, what we've seen in the comics and previous iterations of the character, so obviously it's a shock to the system, it's a shock to the people that love the character, but for me, not being and and this is why I think I like the film, I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, As I said, growing up, that I was just like, wow, this is a much different Boy Scout take than what I've been growing up with, a character that can't be beaten, that can't be stopped, except for Krypton. We're seeing him struggle. He has anxiety. He has depression. He doesn't know who he is. He has an identity crisis, and I think it kind of shows that within the film. And then the film's not perfect by any means, but I mean, I think of the opening credits of the battle on Krypton. I think of the moments that you know we see uh Clark showing, you know, testing his powers for the first time is a very kind of iconic moment, and I think you know Patty Jenkins tried to recreate that in uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, but I really like the film, man. I think it's uh, one of Zack Snyder's best films. It's one of my favorite films in the DCEU. and it's something that uh, over time, just just like every Zack Snyder film for me, just gets better and better every time I watch it, man. So I'm I'm a big Zack, Zack Snyder Man of Steel fan.
0: Nice. I will say it's good to actually have this conversation and not have to argue about it, and and everyone gives solid points because it's always one of those you either like Snyder or you don't like Snyder. There's no in between, so it's good to have this this, this discussion, uh, and then. Moving on, before we move on to to, uh, BVS, in terms of uh, going back to the MCU, and like I said, we all know how great the MCU is, what was the moment, if you guys remember, where you're like, oh, wow, this isn't going to be like a two-year thing, this is going to be a long story, because for me, after Avengers, I thought it was over, I thought that was it, I never, even by 2012, I never thought that we were actually going to get to the point where we got in 2019, Did you guys feel the same, or did you're like, okay, Avengers is one step of the story, but let's see. I think we're going to get bigger than this. Uh, Elliot, I'll start with you on that. No, actually, I'm the opposite. Once 2012
2: Avengers, and we saw Thanos at the end of the film, I'm like, oh this is what we're leading up to nice. uh, and obviously like you just mentioned you know, what we get six years later with Infinity War uh, is is just Kevin Foggy at his best man, he planted the seeds then and even now there still are seeds within phase one that we're seeing now come to fruition whether it be a Dorsey Lewis character in WandaVision, whether it be Jane Foster coming back in Thor Love and Thunder, they're, they're, they they're they have this map of like this 20 year map that Kevin Foggy's planted out so it literally obviously it started with you know Nick Fury at uh, setting the Avengers and the them and in, in Iron Man, but seeing Thanos at the end of 2012's Avengers, I'm like, oh, we're getting to the Infinity gauntlet? Oh, this is crazy. So, yeah, it's... Nice. Uh, JC?
1: No, similar to like, I didn't think the story was going to end, but I I thought, like, I thought, like, we were just going to move away and just, like, in this, like, the Infinity stuff, but, like, I, I just... I felt like that was like you know because they said it was phase one like I like I I kind of knew that it was gonna be more but I did not think that it was gonna reach the level that if we did and stuff like that like to me when I saw the the first Avengers like I thought there was not gonna be any Marvel movie that was gonna be better than that yeah. and of course it's not even in my top five no more
0: yeah that's how that's how great it is and then Rye thoughts
3: um yeah no after Avengers but I have to say especially when Guardians was announced like that's when I knew like. Oh, they're not fucking around. They're gonna go deep.
0: Yeah, deep cut. And I mean, look at Ant Man. Ant Man should no way worked, and it and it was so much fun. Uh, but yeah, to I mean, f- go ahead, go ahead, JC.
1: No, that's just, I just I, I wish there was like a what if like we could see how Edgar Wright directed one would have came out.
0: Yeah, no, same. And then to finish up, B B versus S, and I I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this too is because Elliot nailed it. It should have made a billion dollars. I have never really been more disappointed in a comic book film than I was when I stepped out of uh, BVS because it just felt like an incomplete film. It felt like it was choppy. Editing was all all over the place in terms of uh, parts of the film that looked like it was missing about 25 minutes of it or five minutes of it or two minutes of it. And then come come a few months later, we get a director's cut that's about 45 minutes longer than the cut we got in theaters and i watched that movie and i'm like okay i i genuinely can say like i really really dig the director's cut of of just of bbs it feels like a complete na- complete narrative what we were trying to get like something so simplistic of clark investigating in gotham i don't understand what, why warner is or whoever decided to remove those scenes it adds to the Need for Superman to take out Batman because he investigates, he sees what Batman has done to Gotham, so on and so forth. But for some reason, they remove that. It, it the whole Jimmy Olsen stuff at the beginning of the film. There's it felt so incomplete that it actually has aged really poorly. The theatrical cut of B versus S, as opposed to now, I can watch the director's cut and I say, okay, this was an actual vision. I, I I dig I dig this aspect of it. uh JC, I'll kick it off with you since you recently saw the director's cut.
1: No, you, you've, I'm like, I've never, I didn't dislike the, the theatrical cut, like, because I knew going in, I'm like, there's no way it was going to live up to the hype of, of, you know, like a movie that's called Batman versus Superman, because with that title alone, you tell it to like a 10, you know, you, you would have got super high, like, oh, that's going to be the greatest comic movie ever, and I like, I had my expectations low, so I enjoyed it for what it is, but I finally seen the, the ultimate cut yesterday, it is so much better, and then, you know, like, if there was a way to, on letterbox to have the Ultimate Cut as his own separate stuff, I would have moved it up to, like, my top three uh, DCEU. Films. Yeah, but unfortunately, It just has the Batman for Superman, so I just, like, can't put it too high. And, like, you guys have said, like, that movie should have easily made a billion dollars. Like, you know, that, that's something that pr- probably all of us are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to easily make it. You know, it's, like, the two most iconic DC superheroes and probably arguably you say it's the two most iconic combo characters of all time. Like it should have been a slam dunk. And I, f- I feel like is, Yeah, no. It was a missed opportunity. The the marketing was terrible. Like they spoiled
0: the yes. the, the, the
1: the like just Doomsday. imagine all of us seeing the mm-hmm. when Wonder, the Wonder Woman when she came in without knowing anything about the trailer. Like <laughs> granted, we all we all probably marked out seeing it on the big screen, but just like not knowing about it. Similar to the Evan Peters stuff. Like, yeah, the scene still works because it's just a, a great scene. But not knowing these little details could have done so much better to like the theatrical impact. Like, if, like, with um, Avengers Endgame, we all knew they were all gonna come back all the heroes, but I'm glad they gave no hint about it in the trailers. Cause when we saw, saw that scene, it was just, to me, that's probably the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had. Like, just yeah, that same. whole scene when everybody came back, like, like, as soon as when when Chad came out, I love it.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, before we move on to Elliot, one thing I, I forgot to add is, I think you he actually nailed it. I, I don't understand why, and as much as I do enjoy the, the director's cut, I don't understand why they decided to blend in two of the most important comic book stories of all time, Dark Knight Returns and Death of Superman, into one movie. Don't understand the choice there. Odd as it may be, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, J, uh, Elliot, B versus S, have you seen the director's cut?
2: Yeah, I've seen the... Uh, like, <laughs> my love for BVS uh, is insane man again i think uh is you guys have said it, the hype for that movie it was never going to live up to the hype, I mean literally there's there's movies like Will Smith's, uh, what was it uh, A legend, um, I am legend, I Am Legend Yeah. that had posters in his film <laughs> fake movie posters, like the hype for that film, it, again it was never going to be matched and that's why I, I'll be honest, when I saw it in theaters for the first time, I was disappointed because again I, Batman's my favorite superhero uh, I, I love Man of Steel so I was ready to go then an introduction of Diana Prince, like you couldn't get me more hype for this film, this, it's still today it was my most hyped film of all time, so I was a bit disappointed coming out of it. But then seeing the, um, you know, seeing the theatrical cut again, I'm I'll give it a three out of five. But then seeing the actual director's cut, Zack Snyder's cut of the film, it's it's a much better film. You just mentioned it, man. Seeing Clark Kent doing investigation things, seeing the the understanding of even though I'm not the biggest fan of Lex Luthor's pa- plans and how he kind of set up the things and the Justice League's on a, a flash drive is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but I still think that that film is, again, I speak to Zack Snyder. His filmmaking is kind of ahead of his time regarding how he was how Bruce Wayne would take in an alien from Krypton on Earth, how he strategized things, how he was a step ahead of Batman, or to say Superman himself, and going back to uh the Dark Knight returns, again, the, just knowing the fact that Clark Kent in this DCEU verse knows that. Bruce Wayne bested him in a fight, just like the comics, just made me happy as a Batman fan. Uh, it's not a Kong versus Godzilla conversation. Batman can beat Superman. Uh, and he and he proved that. But no, I thought the performance by uh, Ben Affleck and that, that warehouse scene to me is one of my favorite Batman moments of all time. Uh, and I think Zack Snyder, definitely shows that he's more of a batman uh, uh understanding the character more so than he might so oh, yeah. with uh superman uh but and then man if we ever get a zack snyder uh batman film uh that would be something crazy to see but neither, neither here nor there man i i every time i watch bbs especially director's cut i just love how it's it's paced i love the score is so, so epic good. in yep. that film is so mm-hmm. epic uh and, and there's some great there's some great moments in it, man, seeing Batman and seeing the Trinity taking on uh, the doomsday that it really – I don't think – I think even uh, Zack Snyder said that wasn't doomsday, like the comic book doomsday. It was like a – you know, obviously a, a amalgamation of uh, the character being made, and I think he wanted to bring him in if he ever got a Man of Steel 2 uh, or uh, Bizarro or, you know, Brainiac. But there's some epic moments in that film, and I love just the the build and the tension and the suspense and just leading up to what we get at the end of the film. So again, man, I, I'm a big fan of BBS, uh, but I can I can uh, I can see the flaws though because Lex yeah. Luther uh, you know Jesse Eisenberg is him. It wasn't the best casting, but I could see what they were doing. Again, a, a modern take on uh, you know, a billionaire trying to take on this
0: Kryptonian alien. Yeah, and before we get to Rye, like one of the things that I forgot to mention regarding Dark Knight Returns, like Dark Knight Returns is my favorite Batman story. It's like my favorite comic book of all time. Like that Frank Miller, that is a masterpiece. But you kind of nailed it. Like the fact that we didn't get the line from the comic that I would have loved. The fact where batman defeats superman and he's like for as long as you're alive i want you to remember that i'm the only one that beat you like seeing that in live action would have been like oh like that's it it works so well but then we get martha and i'm like oh shit man (laughs) like damn that's kind of in the theatrical cut i was my well my fiance at the time and i look at her and i'm like they done fucked up man (laughs) they done fucked up but uh the the director's cut makes up for it. ryan go ahead
3: fucking martha
0: (laughs) um no like when it first came out
3: i'll be honest i was a huge fan like i'm like i because i was prisoner of the moment i was focusing on the moments i loved like that warehouse scene like just seeing when the trinity teamed up like just the small little moments that were good and then i watched it a couple more times i'm like never mind then i saw the theatrical cut
1: I mean, mean the, the director's,
3: director's, director's cut. Sorry. And then I'm like, okay, I can get behind this again. Uh, I want to ask you guys, do you think it would have made a lot more money if, A, they he- they held back with Doomsday at least, at the very least, let alone Wonder Woman, and B, if they just released it, the director's cut? Um,
0: I guess I'll, I'll kick it off real quick. I think yes, because the Doomsday being in the film would have spread word of mouth. And people that didn't know how he looked would have gone to see it just to see how Doomsday looks, no matter how good or bad the movie was. And in terms of the three hour cut, not in twenty sixteen. I don't think they I don't think that uh comic book audiences would have reacted. They had no choice but to react to Endgame being three hours. It's been ten years, you're gonna watch it. Um I think it would have been a little bit of a of a pushback regarding the three hour range. But um in terms of theatrical like box office i think if they would have held it the word of mouth would have spread on that relatively quick uh ellie you could take it away on that yeah in regards to
2: the box office um what was 2016 wasn't that uh was it civil war that came out during that time uh, uh Yeah, like civil a war, yeah, after, so it was that. after that yeah. yeah and i think there was a little it was another film because it came out in march too which I think they should have probably uh, maybe been like a summer release or maybe even fall just due to the dark nature of the story. So I think it was just a matter of like the timing and also, like you guys said, the marketing of the film showing Doomsday. Um, And also, again, going off of Man of Steel, which wasn't critically uh, praised. And also the DCEU, a lot of people were just kind of like, you know, we're kind of moving too quickly. So I think there was some hesitation for people to see it. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm still baffled by I don't care the marketing, <laughs> all that stuff I just mentioned. I don't know how a film with the Trinity didn't make a billion dollars, uh, yeah. and if it was three hours long, I think it would even probably would have made less. Just yeah. because people yeah in word of mouth yeah. and that length of time
1: would have probably been less of a box office. All I right. mean,
0: sorry, no, go ahead, right? No, yeah,
1: pretty much. Um, no, I pretty much said it because the three hour thing would it would it would have um they would have been able to do as many showings, so it probably would have made even less money. It would have probably been a better received movie, but it, it would have probably made less money because the, the amount of showtimes they could have they could have put. Good point. Yeah.
0: And then um, I guess don't really want to touch too much on it. Uh, Snyder cut. We'll finish off with that. But the reason I wanted to say we won't touch too much on this. Do you think the Snyder cut succeeding or not succeeding will lead to an, a Suicide Squad director's cut? JC.
1: If it's very successful, I could see it happening.
0: And Ryan, but
1: I mean, Isn't there already an extended blood.
0: cut? There is an extended cut, but not a full, full
1: blown director's cut.
3: Oh, gotcha. I mean, I don't see why not.
0: Because <laughs> I think Elliot can confirm with me on this. I think out of all the DC movies that Warner's has had their hands in, I think Suicide Squad got the worst treatment, right, Elliot?
2: Yeah, 100%, man, and it's it's crazy too because I've always took David Ayer as like a no nonsense type of guy, like coming from the uh being a Navy, coming from the streets of L.A. and Compton. I I didn't think he was a pushover, but apparently he was. So yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's tough because and he hasn't made a good movie in since Fury, so it's been he's Years. been on a it's been on a <laughs> he's been on a cold streak. But yeah, let's finish off this episode with the Snyder Cut, March 18th. I think um this four hour cut that we're getting. I don't know if Zack Snyder has an editor, but maybe we should hire one, because that is a long fucking movie. The longest movie I've ever seen is four hours and 11 minutes, and even that I had to watch in pieces. I want to watch this in one sitting. I think that's how I'll appreciate it more. Now, Elliot, you are the biggest fan of Snyder here. Do you think four hours is too long? It's not long enough. (laughs) 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 No, uh,
2: it's... It's Zack Snyder, man. He makes mega films. Like he is a artist. He's a uh uh he, you know, shoots a lot of his own films. Well not shoot, he has cinematographers, obviously, but yeah, he has course. an eye for attention to detail. He's very attached to drawing things and he he almost has like a mind of a com like a madman, like a comic book writer. He he has a lot of details. I think he almost is his worst enemy at times. Um, so I think that's why we get those directors cuts and you know, extended cuts because he has so much to say and so much to put on screen. But um, I, I think with this, this is a completely different film. We know this is not going to be anywhere near what we got in 2017. Uh, with, with uh, the, 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 the Sweden cut, the the Sweden we, the cut. The cut. cut. yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a much different film. Uh, I think it's going to be, that doesn't mean it's going to be a better film. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be Zack Snyder in regards if you like him yeah. or love him. It's going to be a Zack Snyder film. Uh, and I'm excited to see it, man. Like you said, I'm going to sit down and watch the entire, it might be a couple bathroom breaks in between, oh, yeah. but I'm going to watch it, uh, in its entirety. And I want to see more of the character development, Bruce Wayne, uh, especially, uh, Superman seeing him come back in the mix, uh, see if we get anything else new with Diana, we all know the Ray Fisher situation, so we'll see if uh, how Cyborg is the heart of the film, learning more about the Flash and him and his powers and using the speed force. And um, Doomsday, we'll see what he does with Doomsday, man. And obviously the big thing in the last few months is uh, Jared Leto's uh, Joker coming into the mix and seeing how he handles the Joker and retelling that that character, even though he's going to probably be in like, Four minutes of the film. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to seeing and
0: dissecting it piece I will, by piece. I will say, um, good, good. Jared probably realized that the last two times that the Joker was highly successful, they both had long hair because this first
1: picture oh. we've seen
0: seems like he has long hair now. It, 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 it,
1: it, it looked like Joaquin's take.
0: Yeah. Um, JC
1: thoughts. Um, like we like we've said in in numerous episode before, I. Feel like Stack Snyder comes off incredibly nice in the Super interviews, nice. like yeah. very passionate everything like that. It's the fan base. So except Elliot, no, yeah, no. That's I love Elliot because he knows how to have like uh, a low argument with stuff like that. He doesn't go crazy. And he makes good points and he um he admits to the flaws. There's Snyder fans that just think that everything he touches is gold and there's not a single flaw in anything he does, which I don't like because he I'm a Scorsese fan, but I'm admit when he does something weak, but. When it comes to the Snyder cut, I'm like I'm excited to see. You know, cause, you know I was like, remember the like, Does it exist? So like, in a way, like it's cool that it actually does. I respect the fan base that just said like, you know, they were paying for billboards and everything. You know, they got their wish. Those you know, so, are like, I'm happy for them having first Snyder. He's gonna get to finish his vision because, like, like at least he, he is good that he shoots a lot of stuff because he was he's able to to take out this this four hour cut. If he would have. Just shot not so much extra stuff. that probably would even if it's it whatever like extra twenty minutes. I doubt that that Warner Brothers would have even released this. Yeah. So
0: it's
1: like, so it's like I'm, I'm. I know you guys are okay with like the four hour cut, but I personally would have liked for it to have been a mini series, because like I said, four hours is a so long. So I'm gonna do my best because I really do like. I feel like the same as you what you said. They, I feel I would appreciate more if I see it just straight up in one sitting. It is like it would have been like weekly. It would have been kind of cool, but. Whatever, like I'll watch the four hour cut, but this is that's a long time.
0: Yeah, and before we get to Ryan, I wanted to get Elliot's salt on this. So, I personally think that the reason that HBO and Warner Brothers said we're just going to release it in one cut is because I think they decided to do the miniseries aspect of it or rumored to do the miniseries aspect of it. Before, they made this deal with Warners to get all their 2021 releases, but now, because they have their 2021 release, Slate, Warners, Slate, they have something new coming relatively every couple of weeks, so I think the idea of a miniseries just wouldn't work with what HBO Max is trying to do now, so that's why I think they're like, you know what, let's just do everything at once and just drop it all on March 18th. I don't know if you agree or disagree on that.
2: Yeah, when I saw the release date of Kong versus Skull Island or Kong versus uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I knew that it was gonna be a miniseries because they don't like you just said they don't wanna eat you know eat eat out of his own pocket and kind of affect that film. So I think that's when they end up doing that. Uh, And and, and, then plus two, there I thought it would have been a smart business decision to keep people on for at least a month. You have them for four weeks to come back and, and to watch it, but at the same time what if people don't like the first episode and they don't want to come back and watch the second and third and fourth cut or the episodes of that? So I think they were just like, you know what? And plus, we at this point, we know that it's, it seems like all the rumors out there that Warner Brothers, they just want to be done with Zack Snyder. So they just probably got their <laughs> their due and just like, just put it all at once where we can just get done with this and, and move on. But I don't think we'll be moving on. I think Zack Snyder will be some way, somehow be making some type of uh, Justice League 2, whether it's a- animation, a comic or something. The, as we know, the fans go hard for Zack Snyder, and just they will not let up. If just is especially in the world that Justice League is incredible, I don't see how Warner Brothers, even with the bad blood they might have with Zack Snyder, I don't see how they don't want to have some type of continuation of his story. If it is, you know, indeed the, the biggest numbers of streaming and it's an incredible movie, if it is that, uh, I don't see how they not oh, they don't yeah. come back to him.
0: I suspect the streaming numbers are going to be massive so uh ryan thoughts on the snyder cut
3: here's my thing i i am curiosity excited for it because i just want to see it but when you look at the dcu the further away they get from the snyder the better the movies aquaman shazam are just like the main two and joker aquaman, shazam and Joker. well he's oh you mean like in the inside the DCU. dcu okay inside dcu yeah I mean, Shazam has the best Superman moment in the entire DCU, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so I think it's smart that they're just getting it all out there. I am going to sit there and watch it all in one sitting with plenty of breaks, but I'm excited curiosity-wise.
0: Yeah, and I think um, Elliot nailed it with the whole, I think this is it for him with Warner Brothers. I think that we he it would have shocked me if he starts working with... DC Comics, because since DC pretty much Warner's owns the animated stuff too, so I don't know if there's bad blood. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I also think Snyder is pretty much gonna concentrate now on what JC is excited for that Army of Dead thing, because that could yes. turn that can turn into something.
1: So well, yeah, they they already announced the an animated prequel and, a, and and they already shot the prequel movie because remember he he shot this like in 2019, but you know he. He said that with everything with um, the Snyder Cut, he's had to, that movie's had to take a backseat. He's been working on that. So like that movie's been ready to kind of go in a way for like a, a while. But he stopped editing it when, when the Snyder Cut got approved.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. We all are. And that wraps everything up for this week. This was a great conversation, guys. The moral of the story, I think, is that there is no competition. You enjoy it's everything be a fan of both exactly and i think we all are we will continue to enjoy all comic book films that come our way in the next 20 25 years and that wraps it up thanks again guys we'll see you next week when we actually dive elliot and jc will be back next week when we actually dive into black cinema and also talk about one of the most anticipated films of the year judas and the black messiah